Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the I Got Asked podcast. My name is Daryl Oliveira. I am the host of this program, and today's episode is episode number 21. Uh, if you're a returning listener, you know I appreciate you tuning in again and for all the episodes that you may have listened to so far. Uh, so thank you. Uh, if you're joining us here for the first time, welcome. And thank you so much for giving the show a chance. Uh, this is a show where I do my best to find people who are doing things that I think are cool, and I try to have an entertaining conversation with the guest uh, so that I can pass that uh, along to you guys. So uh, I always say this, but it's simply a show where I have cool talks with people who are doing cool things, and today's episode falls right in line with that. I spoke with my good friend and amazingly talented artist, Alex Hernandez, who is otherwise known by the handle Dig Out the Sky. Alex was on way back uh, when I started the show four years ago, but then the show kind of fell off the rails and I didn't release an episode for a number of years. Uh, But now that we're back in business and releasing episodes as steadily as possible, I wanted to have Alex back for a part two. Uh, He switched up his artistic style since the last time we spoke, and he's worked his ass off to pump out art pieces, and his hard work is paying off big time. His social media following has increased almost tenfold since the last time we spoke. Um, I've been following him forever, and seeing the natural and organic growth of his fan base has been uh, really inspiring to watch. And uh, in this episode, we discuss what drove his artistic uh, style change. Uh, how Alex took full advantage of the pandemic by releasing new pieces of mixed media art almost daily, Uh, what his creative process is like, Um, having his work featured in a brick-and-mortar gallery, and since we both live in the same city, we dove a little bit into a bit of local hometown talk and discussed some nostalgic topics uh, surrounding, surrounding the city we live in. Alex is a great guy, and I love talking to him. Um, He and I don't do it enough, but we always have a lot to discuss, and I'm sure he and I will be communicating more often, and I really think we'll have have to do a part three at some point because we have lots more to cover, and I'm sure Alex's success is only going to continue to skyrocket. So we'll have lots of new stuff to talk about... um in the future too, for sure. Alex, if you're listening to this intro, thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me on mic again. Um, I wish you all the continued success in the world, and I look forward to watching what comes next for you. It's exciting for me. If you don't already know Alex, uh, check out his stuff by searching for Dig Out the Sky on Instagram and Facebook, and check out his website, which is www.digoutthesky.com. It's laid out really creatively and is a fun experience in and of itself. Um, You can check out his work there. You can shop for your favorite pieces and contact him with any custom requests, including album cover artwork if you're looking for someone to uh, make you some dope stuff to put on the front of your record or website or whatever uh, check them out and hit them up uh, that's the end of the intro guys so if you haven't already please do me a big solid and follow the show either on instagram or facebook or both by simply searching for at i gotta ask podcast it's the only one on those platforms so it should be pretty easy to find uh, like rate and review the show wherever you uh, you listen um, that would be super helpful to me. Hit me up with feedback uh, via DMs on the social media platforms or by emailing me at igapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I had lots of great feedback on episode number 20 and it felt good. So keep the comments coming, please. Uh, good or bad. Uh, if there's a way for me to get this thing better and make the experience more enjoyable for the listener, I'm all ears. I promise. No butter. Uh, anyway, that's it for me, everyone. So let's roll the intro music and get right into my conversation with Alex Hernandez, or also known as Dig Out the Sky. Enjoy. <laughs> well, Alex Hernandez, thank you for being here, man. Last time you were here, we didn't... Did we say your name on the last one? Yeah, we did. 
Because it was in the title. I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. And you're still cool with that? You're okay <laughs> to go as Alex is? <laughs> yeah. The uh, FBI and RCMP aren't <laughs> after me anymore, so it's totally cool. Awesome. Was that uh, was that an actual thing at the time due to your some of your techniques or your uh, graffiti arts? I can't talk about it. Can't talk. It's confidential. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave it alone. We'll leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were just talking about the pandemic. How have you been during the pandemic, man? Have you managed to keep yourself sane in these uh, multiple lockdowns that we've been in here in Ontario? Absolutely. Um, it's obviously been hard on everybody, and it's definitely affected everybody, uh, some people more than others. But for me, you know what? It hasn't been too bad. Um yeah, I'm kind of, I, I love being at home, so, it, and I work from home, so it, 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 it makes it pretty easy. Nice. Um, yeah, but how, how about yourself? I don't know, I've been okay. Like, uh, I've, I've been going to work, my, my regular day job keeps me, uh, has kept me employed the whole time. Like, I haven't right. had any real work from home time. I can't with the type of job that I do, so I've been right. going to work every day, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I've just avoided the virus, getting vaccinated, all that kind of good stuff, right? Yeah, I still need to get that second shot. Are you fully no, vaccinated? No, no, I'm not. So I got it late. So I, I, because I'm an essential worker for my job, um, mm-hmm. that's how I actually got in. I got in as a group two essential worker, which wasn't until May, right? Now, okay. I think they opened it up at the end of April and I got in early May. Now, I'm also diabetic, right? I've said that a number of times on the podcast. I'm a type one diabetic. And people ahead of me, um, people that were considered essential workers, uh, you know, in like factories were getting, people that I know that work in factories were getting shots. And like, I couldn't get one as a, as a type one diabetic, which was ridiculous. Right. So then they finally opened it up to group two workers. And then I went, but like, I got it way late. Like I got it May 9th when a lot of people I know had it in early April. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm way behind the curve on a lot of my friends on second dose. Um, but, uh, when did you get your first dose? I got it pretty late. Uh, I mean, I waited, like I wasn't, you know, on any kind of list or whatever. So I was pretty much just waiting until they opened it up to my age group and, and that was it. So, um, uh, I got it June 6th. Wow. That is Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause you're um, what? 34 now you were just about to turn 30 the last time we talked. Yep. Yep. 34. Can you believe that was four years ago? The last time you were on? I was, uh, I, I was, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it because I was still doing the graffiti stuff. So when I was looking over your questions and kind of thinking about them, I was like, oh man, it was, it was a lot longer than I thought it was. Oh yeah. Yeah. Four years ago. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Crazy. I was thinking yeah. about it because I, I listened back to some of the episode, um, just to remember, just to get a, like a feeling of what your voice was like again. You know what I mean? Cause like right. I hadn't heard you speak in a long time. So I listened sure. back to the episode and, and was getting some ideas for some stuff to ask you too, just to make sure we covered all the bases again. And, and, uh, like, I'm like, what year was this? And I looked and it said 2017 and I went, holy yeah. cow, man, that like, I, yeah. it doesn't feel like I started this thing that long ago. And then obviously I took a big long break and didn't do any episodes for a couple of years, but it doesn't feel like it's been four years. You know what I mean? Like I'm, it just yeah. flies. Time flies, man, when you're having fun. Oh, my God. And, like, you know, I just, I got a new job. The last time you and I talked, I was out of work, and then I got a new job, and that's, I've been there three years already, and it feels like a blink, the blink wow. of an eye. You know what I mean? It, it yeah. doesn't feel like three years of zip by, so. But I'm glad uh, you're, Yeah, uh, I mean. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, I, I, I think as, as you get older, it just goes by quicker, right? And it's just, it's just, that's the way it is, I think. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Like, I've heard that described a number of times like how how like the older you get like when you're young if you're if you're turning two 
like the the last year is has been fifty percent of your life. You know what I mean? And when yeah. you're four, you know what I mean. So then when you get to our age, it's like so much time has has already passed that now the years the time increments mean less because they're so they're so much smaller than you know when you're young. And yeah, well, I don't know yeah, if that's exactly. how it works or not. I don't know if it's because you have more memories and it stretches the time out and makes your brain perceive time differently. But it does seem like the older you get, the faster the years tick by. You know what I mean? Sure, absolutely. We're it's halfway a through the year. It's one of those. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those weird things. Yeah. But I'm glad you were. You've been back. You're the first, not the first number two. I've had a, I've had a number of people on, but they've been like I had the Catherine brothers on who have been on before, but they were on individually, right? You're the okay. first person that did your own podcast, and now we're doing a, a part two. So I'm <laughs> no way, amazing. Yeah, yeah it's yes. it's pretty cool. It's it's uh, it's fun to start reaching back out to people uh, like those guys, like like the like um, Brad and Mike Castron that have been on a number of times, and yourself mm-hmm. because. It's nice to continue the conversations. I say that a lot, like, oh, I want to do a part two, but then it takes quite a while before you can get back to that guest again, right? Everyone's busy or like I have other guests that are booked or whatever. So with you, I, I look back through my guests. I'm like, who can I get back on? I'm like, oh, Alex hasn't been on in a while. And then I looked at your profile. I'm like, like, it's grown a lot since we last talked. I think the last time we talked, you had like a couple thousand followers. And now you're like over 20,000 followers, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is pretty crazy, actually. Uh, I don't know how that happened, but it did. (laughs) (laughs) Was it just fairly organic? Just kind of like felt like you just started accumulating followers? Uh, Let's see if I can get my story straight here. (laughs) Um, You know, for the for the longest time, even uh, even like before you uh, started interviewing me, I, I didn't have any social media. Right. Like I just wasn't into it. I'm like, my mentality was I'm an artist and I like to make art and I don't need Instagram in order to do that. Yeah. So, um, uh, a friend of mine was just like, you need to, uh, you know, you need to, you need to, uh, get on social media and actually like show your stuff and you should do it and get Instagram. And I was just like humming and hawing about it forever. Mm-hmm. And, um, finally I kind of broke down and, and got it. So like when you interviewed me, I had like just gotten Instagram, I think, and, uh, actually made like, a a Facebook account and all that. And then, um, yeah, just over time, um, it kind of just grew and, uh, it's, it's, it's grown pretty quick and, uh, yeah, people have uh, just kind of embraced it. Um, so yeah, it's kind of one of those things that you you know you can't predict, and like there's uh, there's nothing. It's out of your control, right? So yeah. you just uh, keep plugging away at it, and you know, I guess, kind of staying re- uh, relevant, and um, and yeah, hope for the best. Yeah. Well, it's definitely like, like I said, it's grown quite a bit. So you're obviously doing something right now. The last time you were here, you went, you were going by the soloist project and then now your, 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 your handle has changed to dig out the sky. That's right. What drove that? What was that change all about? Uh, well the name, the soloist project that kind of originates back to, uh, when I started doing, uh, the street art stuff and graffiti art and cutting stencils, using spray paint, making posters, the wheat paste and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And the guy who got me into that, um, and, and kind of showed me how to do it all. He was like, you need a name, you need a, you need a street art name. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, cause I guess that's what the street artists do is they come up with like a cool name. And I was reading a book at the time called the, called the soloists. And, uh, that was just, honestly, that was just the best thing I could come up with at, at that time. Uh, and I just added project at the end of it. And I think, uh, at the time, if I remember correctly, I was kind of just looking for a name that looked good on print. Uh, but it really had no no great meaning behind it, right? right? It's just like I looked at a bookshelf. I was like, oh, I'm reading this book. Call it The Soloist Project. Gotcha. Easy, done. I think it'll look good on print and never thought about it again. But when I started doing the new stuff that I'm doing now, I mean, I guess it's not that new. It's it's almost four years old now or will be four years uh, of this new stuff uh, at the end of this year. But um yeah, the more collage, mixed media type of work. I started liking the name The Soloist Project less and less. And but I do I did like the idea and mm-hmm. I do like the idea of having a name to hide behind. Mm-hmm. Cuz usually artists traditionally just use their name. Uh but I do I do like the idea of having a a name to hide behind. So yeah. uh, I decided that I would change it. And I was kind of looking for something maybe a little more surreal uh, that would better suit the kind of the new style and uh, looking for something that sounded cool, but didn't make any sense. And um, yeah, dig out the sky is kind of what I came up with a bit inspired by the Oasis album, dig out your soul. Oh, their last album. Okay. So I, I I was just kind of throwing names out there and I don't know, for whatever reason, that one popped into my head and I was just like, dig out your soul. And I was like, well, how about dig out, dig out the sky yeah. or something crazy. Yeah. So that's actually kind of <laughs> nice where, uh, where, where I came up with that. I, I steal a lot of my ideas <laughs> when it, when it comes to like names and yeah. titles, I always like, yeah, I just, I just, you know, I'll be watching a movie and yeah. a character will say something, and I'll just be like, okay, I guess this is the title for this piece that I'm working on right now. Yeah, you know, but and that's like, that's it. But that's inspiration, is it not? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. That's what happens. I, absolutely. I really like the Soloist Project. I was a little bit disappointed at first when you switched it, but but uh, you know, you've also switched artistic styles, which I want to talk a little bit about, sort of. Yeah. Um, but uh, the name, the new name, kind of really suits the new stuff. I think. You know what I mean? I, I feel like it's a better handle for what you're doing now. Uh, and that was that was the idea, right? And it was actually kind of uh, challenging because I changed it. I can't even remember the year I actually officially changed it because I did change styles and kept the soloist project for a little while, yeah. right? Doing the collage mixed media stuff. So right. I didn't change the name, but I never felt comfortable with that name anyway, just when people said it, I would like cringe inside. And I was just like, uh, just one of those things you don't like for whatever reason. It is a cool sounding name though. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I didn't change it. I didn't change it right away. And then, like I said, I was kind of just looking for something that would be more suitable. And when I did change it, I lost a lot of followers. I actually like people started not really? following me. Cause well, I think, and naturally, right? Because not only have you changed the name and your entire image, 
I didn't make an announcement or anything. I didn't tell anybody. So people were probably just like, who is this who person? Is this? I was, yeah. yeah, I was following a street artist and now it's like this psychedelic, surreal collage stuff that yeah. isn't street art. Yeah. And the name's completely different and it's weird and it's not a project anymore. Right. What does it mean to dig out the sky? So I think naturally people just fell off. And, but that changed, you know, uh, you know, you, you kind of develop a new audience and, uh, yeah, and 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 th- yeah, things are good. Uh, they're on the on the up when it comes to the uh, the uh, the followers and the social media yeah. stuff, which I'm not. I'm actually not very good at at all. Um, well, if you're not very good at it, I hate to see what your following would be if you were good at it, because because <laughs> you're you're doing something right. Your your Instagram is fun to watch. Um, you know what I mean? You've got uh, you're posting basically a new piece every day, almost right. Am I, cor- almost, am I correct? Almost yeah. almost every day. I think yeah. in 2019, I actually made it a goal of mine to do it every day, and uh, I almost met it. I think in the end, I ended up making like 340 pieces that Holy year cow. alone. So it was almost every single day. That was my challenge, but I didn't meet my goal. Yeah. Uh, I'm still upset about that. But 340, you know what? Whatever. Uh, That's a lot, man. 140 yeah. new pieces in a year is a lot. You know, it's too much. It's yeah. actually it's way way too much. Um, but yeah, that whole social media and growing the audience that's uh, that's that's kind of an answer that has a lot of moving parts. I think yeah. too. It's yeah. like there could be so many different reasons and different variables as to why right uh an audience grows and uh i think i think i think it should be more though and and the reason i say that is because i am you see a lot of other artists and you look at their accounts and you know they're taking pictures of themselves and they're doing a tour of their studio and they're making videos on, you know, their their creative process yep. and how they actually make their work. Yep. I don't do any of that, right? Yeah. It's just like I only post the work and information about the work. There's no photos of me. Yeah. Most people on Instagram think I'm a girl. Really? Um, yeah. Well, how, how would they ever know? It doesn't like... You <laughs> well, know, why would they assume female? I have no idea. Maybe because there's <laughs> lots of flowers and butterflies in the artwork. Um, yeah. You know, maybe it's got a womanly touch to to it. I actually have no idea. But uh, some of my yeah, favorite ones I'm, are the ones that have flowers and butterflies, though. That's the funny beautiful. thing. Beautiful, <laughs> it's beautiful. But uh, so I always feel like mine uh, compared to because I got a lot of friends on Instagram too from all over the place. That, yeah. You know, they're artists and they have their accounts. Their accounts are like you know, they're amazing. They're like full on productions and I'm just like the most cold and like, there's no personality <laughs> in it at all. You know, it's, but at the same time, I kind of like it cause I, I don't really like doing that stuff anyway. Yeah. And I'd rather just let the kind of the art, uh, I, speak for itself in, yeah. in, in a way, you know? And I think letting the art speak for itself is in its, in a sense, your personality, you know what I mean? Like your yeah, personality yeah, is right. showing through just because you're not posting pictures of yourself or doing studio tours doesn't mean that you don't have as much personality as the next guy. It's just different. You know what I mean? It's a little more subdued, a little more introverted than most, you know, and I shouldn't say most artists because yeah. I think every artist is different. Every artist is individual, right? That's just it. There's no rule book to yeah. it. And, but yeah, that's kind of just the way the cookie crumbled for the, for the social media stuff. Yeah. And also it, I, I think changing the style helped, helped me and made it easier for me to grow an audience. I mean, before when I was posting the street art stuff, you know, when you're making something handmade and you're working with a blank canvas, 
not only do you have to come up with a good a good idea or just an idea, like you got to rely on all your skills and you got to spend a whole bunch of time doing it. Yeah. And if you mess up and you got to start over or you got to try to fix it, which never works. Yeah. Um, but you know, you spend six hours on something and you might not necessarily like it in the end, but you've just spent six to eight hours yeah. working on something and you're like, okay, well, this is my post. This is what I'm yeah. showing people, you know, and it's, uh, this time around with this kind of artwork, it's a little faster. So, um, you know, I have more of a selection and I can really ch- pick and choose what people see and what they don't see. Right. Yeah. And like, I guess we should talk about that change a little bit. So you, you mentioned before you were doing like, um, uh, wheat paste poster stuff before and, I remember you telling me you were making hand-drawn stickers and you had the uh, the vinyl record stuff where you were doing the the music artists painted in spray paint on the vinyl records, which was awesome. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting a ton of stuff, but you've recently switched pretty much to just collage work, right? You're doing pretty much all collage work now? Yeah, more or less like collage or mixed media, as, yeah. as you call it, because um, it's not all like 100% collage, right. especially once you start like double exposing images and yes. stuff. That's not really collage. It's yes. more like yeah. digital okay. uh, stuff. But right. uh, yeah, completely, completely changed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's and I and I really like it. Like again, like at first it was so you did make the switch fairly quickly, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it was a little bit like jarring at first. I was like, whoa, this is like, this is way different than what Alex was doing before. And then it took me a little while to like, to warm up to it. Cause you and I talked about this the last time too. I know it was a number of years ago now, like we're talking four years yeah. ago now, but, but we did talk about this last time. I'm not like a huge appreciator of art. You know what I mean? Like things have right. to really hit me in a, in a certain way, but sure. a number of your pieces have man. And like, you know, this, oh, thank you. whatever you call this, this new style, like again, like, you know, I, maybe I mislabeled it as collage, but mixed media um the stuff that's got like like you've got one that's called, i think it's called out of time where the there's like a couple and they're standing in front of a giant clock but then through the clock you can see like a galaxy and like, yeah that's remember, right when you when you posted that man i screen grabbed it and i looked at i kept looking at it on my phone i'm like this is such like it's a mesmerizing image to me for some reason there's something about that image that like you know and this is exactly what i said to you the last time you were on things have to strike a chord with me and they have to make me feel something. And and there's been a a number of years that have, and that's like the one that always sticks out in my mind. Um, and the double exposed one where there's like a kind of this nerdy fifties looking guy, that one's really cool because it's got the double exposed image, but again, it's like, and maybe it's the outer space stuff that I like. I don't know. I'm not hundred percent sure, but yeah, right. There's like planets in that one of some kind or some kind of like a solar system behind them, I think, or something. I'm trying. Oh, I think I know which one you're talking, you know what I'm about. talking about. It's called searching. And, um, it's a, it's an old photo of a German scientist that I found in some like vintage science magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got a whole bunch of balls kind of sticking yes. out of uh, like a, I don't know, it just looks like a piece of wood. And then of yeah. course I doubled exposed yep. the, uh, like a picture of a galaxy. There you go. That's the, uh, one. over it. So really cool one. That's, that's yeah. a really early, early one. That was one of like the, you know, within like the first hundred ones that I made that where I was like really happy with it. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I can kind of do this now. And yeah. Uh, yeah, cause you're right. The change was pretty sudden. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I went, I come cause I've completely stopped making like the wheat paste poster. Uh, oh yeah. You're not doing any of that anymore. Run. 
haven't been doing any of it. No. And, uh, I really, I really don't miss it at all, actually. <laughs> really? Uh, no. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, the thing with, uh, you know, the thing with the whole change was, uh, I kind of, I, I kind of got a bit bored with, with the street art stuff. The thing about the street art stuff is like, it takes a lot of time and you know you actually have to like go out and at night and like break the law you know you're always looking over your shoulder and you're like paranoid and like that's no way to work you know what i mean i'm just like it's no way to work this isn't a comfort <laughs> nab you in the dark yeah it's just like this is not a comfortable work environment yeah. um and also you know it's just like i'm getting older like i, I don't want to get busted with a spray can you know spray painting yeah. private or public property you know it's right. just like i can't this can't happen so <laughs> i need a new direction and I, I really just got kind of bored with it because um you know i'm an okay illustrator but i'm not by any means like a photorealistic artist you know what i mean mm -hmm. and you know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. like some somebody who's like really really accurate that takes yeah. years of practice patience I don't have, mm -hmm. I don't have that, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, so I could always draw, illustrate and draw pretty good, but I was never going to be that artist. I never really wanted to be either. So, and also working with spray paint as well is, is it's messy. Like if you're yeah. working with spray paint indoors, like the overspray gets on everything oh, yeah. and it never really comes off. No. Like you try to clean it and never really comes off. Yeah, so, totally. And it's just, it's not healthy for you. I mean, I owned a mask, but no mask is a hundred percent either. No. Right. And you're, you're working with spray paint for sometimes hours. So, yeah, you know, it was just, I kind of wanted to change from it and wanted something that's a little faster, cleaner. Cause I'm kind of, I'm, I'm pretty impatient artist as well. So I kind of want things to be done uh, pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it was a, it was it was a, it was a complete uh, it was a complete change with no no real uh, you know memo or I, I didn't make an announcement saying I'm changing. It just happened one day, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I could tell you why it happened. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Because uh, what drove what drove the change is kind of a tough question too. It's one of those things that had a lot of moving parts to it and uh, just a lot of different answers. You know, why I went from doing street art, uh, working with spray paint, to kind of what I do now, which is like collage, mixed media stuff, and um, and more and more on on a digital platform, which is um, you know, although the themes are kind of fairly similar because I love surrealism and I love making psychedelic, strange, you know, bizarre kind of artwork. Mm -hmm. uh, the process from going from doing what I used to do to now is like completely different, you know, yeah. um, like, like I said, when you're making everything by hand, it takes, it takes a long time and things take much longer and you have the potential of messing something up or spending a whole bunch of time on something that you don't necessarily like anymore right. but you're you feel obligated to show yeah yeah, uh, yeah to show people um so i mean that's really kind of the real reason why i was just kind of looking for for something new and finally when i decided you know that you know this style isn't right for me anymore and i, I need to do something else uh i started thinking about like the things that i really really enjoy and i'm like i've always loved 
music and enjoyed looking at album covers, reading the liner notes, looking at the back cover, and also concert posters too, like some yeah. really cool concert posters. I have always been, I've always just been interested in that. Yeah, me too. And um, I kind of decided that, okay, well, maybe we'll try something like that. And, um, you know, the concept at the beginning was making fake album covers for bands that don't exist. Right. Kind of thing. That was kind of my, my goal. And I've always been a big fan of the group called um, uh, Hypnosis. Do you know who those guys are? Sounds familiar. Hypnosis oh, is okay. like a collective art group. Oh, and uh, they were famous in the late uh, 60s, all throughout the 70s and early 80s for making album covers. They pretty much did all oh, okay. the covers for Pink Floyd, uh, Led Zeppelin, uh, Paul McCartney solo stuff and, and Wings, obviously. And like the list goes on and on and on. Uh, and I thought, OK, this would be something you know cool to try. And uh, it started just as an experiment. Uh, I was still doing, like I said, I was still doing street art at the time. And I started going through my kind of music collection and pulling out all the album covers that are my favorite. Right. And I was going to look at these album covers and try to figure out why I like them and why they're my favorite. And one of the themes that I started noticing throughout the, the covers that I've always enjoyed are they all use that collage not all of them. I would say maybe like 30% of them were that collage style. Oh, okay. Um, and I thought, you know what? I think uh, like, you know, um, trying to think of some examples of famous album covers that have that style. Um, Radiohead's uh, Pablo Honey oh, okay. has that style. John Lennon's Mind Games, I think, has that style. Chris Cornell's latest Best Of has that style. Uh, I think Broken Social Scene has uh, the Forgiveness Rock record. I think yeah. that's what it's called. Has that style and uh, various other artists, even like the Sgt. Pepper album cover, even though that's a photo. Right. Um, it does have that collage quality to yeah. it. Because yeah. I think they just, all the people that are in there, uh, minus like the wax figures, uh, they just they just printed those and blew them up and cut them out and then like kind of made a, a set right yeah. so it has that collage quality to it and I just thought you know what I can I can do that so I started doing it and uh, wasn't showing anybody and then I just got hooked I uh, I just got hooked and I, was, I I said you know what this is it I'm I'm not going back to doing you know the graffiti spray paint stencil type right. work and and painting with a brush i haven't painted with a brush sadly in some time i do every now and again mm -hmm. but not 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 often enough not like i used to right so is a lot of this stuff like are you doing it digitally now because i know you're still doing some stuff by hand correct but is it mostly digital now uh i still hand cut images but not very often it's it's much easier to just uh scan everything and, and work on it on a digital platform. Yeah. Uh, and because it is mixed media, I also kind of incorporate my own photos into the work as, as well. Right. And the, everything's yeah. digital device. So you upload it digitally anyway. Right. To right. your computer. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And again, it, it's easier, it's faster, it's cleaner. I'm yeah. impatient and it was just <laughs> kind of, uh, I have like this OCD thing where it's just like when I start something, I need to get it. I, I'm not going to move until it's done. Yeah. Yeah. 
no, I'm not stopping. I don't care if it takes me 20 minutes or like eight <laughs> hours. Like I'm not, you can't pry me away from whatever it is yeah. that I'm doing. So, uh, which can be a bit of a problem sometimes, but, um, yeah, it's mostly, it's mostly digital. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's cleaner. I don't need shelves and yeah. like a closet full of space. Like right. everything's just on like an external hard drive and yeah. it's all there. So, yeah. Are you working on, what are you working on a Mac or you got a PC you're going or what do you got? I'm a PC guy. Are you? Yeah. I just, well, I'm not really, I'm not really a computer guy. Yeah. Me neither. Uh, but, but I've always just used PC. So that's just kind of, that's just kind of what I use. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I always ask her like, not always ask, but I ask people who often make things on computers and most of them will say Mac. That's why I was curious Absol- to know whether you work on a Mac or not, but. Absolutely. I was actually worried that you might ask that question because if people knew that I was worried, people are diehard Mac, right? Yeah. It's just like the industry standard for that kind of stuff is Mac. Yeah. So I remember I was talking to this one graphic designer and he brought that up and he, he was like, he had a, he was disgusted. Like he actually had, he had a look on his face. Like he wanted to just slap me across, you know, the head. Yeah. So it's but just it's like, so yeah, but like, I, I'm like, I'm PC yeah. in the end. No one's ever going to notice. If I no. print something, people would be like, oh, this was definitely made on a Mac yeah, exactly. or definitely made on a PC. It's like, you would never, ever know. No, so no. it's just it's just a brand thing, you know? Yeah, 100%. I think there was a, maybe a time where Mac was geared a little more toward creators, but Microsoft yeah. has made a pretty hard push. You know what I mean? Like, like I've got a Lenovo uh, uh, laptop for work. That's great. You know what I mean? It's it's right. awesome, but... It, all my home stuff is, is Apple, right? Like I have a MacBook right. and, and I just bought a, a new Mac mini for, for recording purposes. So it's, uh, it's kind of like a, just a preference thing these days. You know what I mean? It yeah. might have been a time yeah. where they were better for musicians or whatever, but it's, it's come a long way since, right? Yeah. Well, it's like Fila and Nike. It's just yeah. like shoes or shoes, man. <laughs> yeah. Shoes or shoes. Yeah. Do they cover your feet? Can you walk That's outside right. without hurting your feet? You're good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, What's it's the, kind of one of those it's kind of one of those things. Yeah. What's the process like these days? Are you still like I know you're creating every day. You obviously created every day through the pandemic because or most days, because again, like I said, I follow your Instagram and I, I see those posts. But like are you what's it like? Are are you do you, are you working a day job still right now? No, I haven't for I think uh maybe almost a year now. Awesome. So uh and the, pan- the pandemic actually had a little bit to do with that because uh, yeah. it was kind of like constant layoffs and, you know, this, that, and the other. Yep. Uh, where I work, somebody did contract uh, oh, no. a COVID. So they obviously had to do the the shutdown yep. and, and yep. stuff like that. And But the, uh, the art business was getting a little bit busier. And I was kind of just like, you know what? If I don't do it now, I'm probably never going to know or never going to, you yeah. know, I, I need to just get it get it over and done with so yeah, yeah i kind of waved goodbye to the daytime job and uh and uh just do yeah just do this from uh you know for almost a year now uh like that's full great, time man. pretty much that's and, awesome uh, i do still have like a bit of a side hustle yeah. um which i don't do very often but uh my uncle owns a painting business so oh, okay yeah uh, yeah whenever he needs a hand, he kind of gives me a call and says, you know, can you do it? And yeah. most of the times I can do it because, you know, I'm just at home anyway. Sure. So, um, so, but that's about it, man. Just kind of, yeah, just, uh, work from home. Um, do you have like a routine? Like do you get up in the morning, like plan to do stuff right away or you kind of just do it as the mood strikes you sort of thing? 
there is kind of a daily grind is and a daily routine. I should say nightly because I actually work through the night. I usually go to bed around maybe five, six, seven in the morning. Oh, really? Yeah. And then I'll wake, you know, I'll get my six hours of sleep or seven hours of sleep. Uh, sometimes more, sometimes less. And then, you know, I'll get up maybe early afternoon um, or like in the middle of the afternoon and then like start working on things. Um, but the process is pretty loose. There's no real set structure. Uh, when I feel like making art, uh, I can make it for a long, long time. And because it's all digital and it's all um, all the collage stuff, uh, I can make a lot of it in kind of like one sitting. You mm -hmm. know, I think the, the most I've ever done, and this doesn't happen often, but the most I've ever done in one day was like, I think, 12 pieces. Holy cow. So I'm good for, I post five things a week. So I'm good for two and a half weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I really don't have to make anything. Right. And sometimes I don't, sometimes I take a week off cause I just have so much backlog of, of work that, yeah, yeah. you know, over the last few months that just piles up and nobody's ever seen it. Right. Uh, but then sometimes I just keep plugging away and keep plugging away and just stockpiling, uh, work. Um, you know, but, it comes in waves, you know, sometimes, you know, you're on it for three months and then sometimes you're not so motivated for a month and right. you just, you don't want to do it, um, as, as much as the previous month. And also there's a lot, you know, there's kind of a lot more to just making the art thing. Now it's like, you're dealing with the online store, you're dealing with customers, you're dealing with, you know, shipping the items, you're mm -hmm. dealing with delays, you're dealing with lost packages. You have a website that you have to upkeep, you know, you got to go buy supplies and stuff yeah. and, um, you know, applying to, uh, you know, calls for submission for art events and art galleries and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's a lot more kind of like, uh, like paperwork and like that kind of stuff involved. So, well, yeah, you, you've turned your, you've turned your passion into a business, which is great because yeah. you're working for yourself. And, and I find like a lot of that stuff, like I do a lot of that same kind of stuff for the podcast. You know what I mean? I, I send right. out little care packages to people that have been on and, and again, I monitor those packages and I worry about them and I got to reach out to people. And I just did, uh, an episode with, uh, Ron Thorne who works, uh, at the Fender custom shop. He's the principal master builder with the Fender custom shop. So I had to use their PR department and, but it, all that stuff is like, it's a labor of love. You know what I mean? It's not, it doesn't yeah. feel like work. It, it feels, it feels like it's, it's almost enjoyable to do at times, you know, like, yeah, it's just part of the machine, right? Yeah. It's, it's part of the process. And, uh, cause you love what you do and and I enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. It's like, you're right. It's not, it's not like it's real work, but it is. And it can be tiring sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, you feel yeah. it. Like there's weekends where all I do is work on this thing, you know, like I'll record one yeah. day and edit the next and try to get it up for the next weekend. And, and it's, uh, you know, I've kind of ballparked it to about 10 hours an episode and maybe that's just, inexperienced because I'm, I'm slower than I maybe should be at certain things, but 10 right. hours an episode, even if it, you know, even if I'm spending 10 hours in a week, that's a lot of time that I could be doing other things that are <laughs> certainly more relaxing than editing podcasts and uploading yeah, well, and things like that. 
10 hours is a long time, yeah. man. Like, and yeah, I mean, well, it is if you have a day job, right? Like if that's just it too, yeah. is I was just going to say, it's just like, if you're working already like a 40 hour to 50 hour day job and hmm. you know, you got to do an extra 10 hours and then you own pets and then you yep. have, you know, a significant other and then you own a house. So you got to upkeep, you know, yep. things build up so quickly. Right. And it's just like 10 hours is actually quite a bit of time to put into something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you got, when you got all those things going on in your life. Yeah. And it's mo I mean, it's mostly a good time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I enjoy listening back. I enjoy editing. There are times where it's like sound issues just drive me nuts. And it like, you know, little, again, like we were talking about earlier before we started, like all the little, the little ghosts and the little bugs that drive you mental, you know what I mean? But yeah, but uh, outside of that stuff, it's actually fairly enjoyable. So it's not like a, a ton of work, but it, it eats up a lot of time. You know what I mean? So if you could do yeah, it as a living, sure. You know, it's even because now you're doing it during your quote unquote working hours. You know what I mean? You're doing what you love instead of going to right. some job and then having to do the thing you love afterwards or finding time to fit it in afterwards. You know what I mean? It's it's amazing to me that you've been able. To, and that was one thing I've been really curious about because I, I I I thought about you during COVID and I thought I wonder what Alex is doing because you were working at the record store the last time we talked. I don't know where you're working now, but but even with the record store, like there were shutdowns. If you were still working there, you wouldn't be able to. You know what I mean? All those people that work retail, all those people that work restaurant, like. They couldn't work, and I, and I thought about my friends that did those things and how they've been making out. Now, luckily, you've got you've been very successful, obviously, with your art, so that's great. I'm I'm super happy to hear that you've turned it into this like basically a career. You know what I mean? Uh, not basically, a, you've turned it into a career, which is amazing. Not many people can say they do what they love every day. You know what I mean? And get paid for it. Right. Yeah. Um. It's definitely. It, it, it's been a huge change and it's not quite where I would like it to be, but I'm glad that I did it. Cause it kind of gives me, uh, you know, a good sense of, you know, the kind of effort and the kind of work that you, you have to put into something like this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I still grill myself all the time. Be like, I need to do more. I need to do this. I need to do that. Even though it's like, I kill myself doing it. Yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's one of those things and you enjoy it. Cause you know, when you're, when you're self-employed and you're the only one that you work for, it's, it's up to you. Yep. It's up to you to get it all done. Like yeah, nobody 100%. else is, you know what I mean? I'm not punching in and punching out. And then after I'm done, it's somebody else's problem or, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, part of a crew or something like that. It's like, I, that that's it. It's just me, man. So, yep. um, it, it's, it, yeah, it can be, uh, could be a tiny bit overwhelming, but I've yeah. enjoyed every every bit of it so far, and I hopefully continue to and en enjoy it even more. But uh, yeah, it's a every month and every year, uh, things get better and better, and things get busier and busier. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, I think like you know maybe 50 years from now i'll be like okay now it's full <laughs> now it's like i have a real like yeah. government full-time job yeah. with benefits and all that stuff and vacation and blah blah, blah. <laughs> but hopefully hopefully it's faster i but think I'm it's thinking, gonna be sooner I'm, than that yeah i'm i'm predicting 50 years no 50 years is way too long it's gonna be quicker than that i'm 100 percent <laughs> sure of that uh, what is it about working at night though? That's a very like Hunter S. Thompson schedule you're on there. Like he, he was famous for doing that too. You know what I mean? Just staying up all night, working, doing a lot of drugs and then sleeping during the day and getting up mid afternoon. It, your, your schedule sounds a lot like his, I mean, without knowing whether you have the drugs involved or not, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that about him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know too much of his work actually. I, I read his book, uh, hell's angels. Okay. I think was called yeah uh and that's about it so i'm not too familiar with him and all yeah. i know is like fear and loathing in las vegas yeah. uh 
and uh, where the Buffalo roam, I mm. think, with uh, Bill Murray. Um, but I don't know anything about it. The nighttime thing comes back to, dude, when I was a kid and staying up to watch, like, you know, Late Night and Jerry Springer and, you know, followed by, you know, uh, Married with Children kind of thing. I don't know. It's just what we did as kids in the summer was, like, play video games all the way to dawn. Yeah. And I think I've just... Uh, I've always just enjoyed doing stuff at night and working at night. Yeah. Um, even the, even the job that I left, uh, last year, like I kind of specifically traded people, my shifts to have night shift Yeah. instead of working the day. So See, I just crazy like crazy to me. Yeah. I just like working at night, uh, so much better. Uh, I don't know. It's, I've, I've it's, had to work night shift the last three winters and like, I can't do it again, man. Like yeah. I, I've, fa- I've said, if, if my job tries to force me to, to work, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case this year, but if they tried to force me, there, there's no way I could do it. Like those three years of night shift almost killed me by the third, by the end of the third season, I, or third season, the third winter season, I was so like, I was so over it and I was feeling sick every day. Like n- night, I like staying up late. Don't get me wrong. If I'm not working, I enjoy staying up late, but working through the night, there's something that it does to my, like just my overall mental health and physical health. That was like, almost felt like it was literally killing me at one point, you know? You know, it's not, it's not for everybody. And the reason, uh, cause where I worked, it was actually like, uh, what what do you call it? Like shift work. One week you do days, one, the next week you do afternoons and then the next you do, it's like a rotation thing. And then you do nights and then you go back to doing days or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's not for everybody and it was easy to trade shifts because nobody wanted to work nights. Yeah, know? exactly. Uh, it, so people think you're crazy when yeah. you do, but yeah, I don't know. I can just, uh, I feel like I'm more creative. I'm more motivated. Things are a bit quieter. You know, there's nothing to do at night. Yeah. Um, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of, it's almost like you're the only one awake in the world kind of thing. So yeah. It's kind of, uh, you know, you can really, for me, I can just focus a little more and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just enjoy it. You know, I enjoy having my breakfast at two 30 in the afternoon rather than a traditional one at like 7am or something like that. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, it's just the way, uh, it's just the way it's always kind of been for me. Yeah. It's just like staying up uh during the days is always like the most difficult thing because everything happens during the day you have a doctor's appointment it's during the day you got to go get your COVID shot it's during the day yep. um, whatever right you got to renew your health card it's during the day so those things are always a bit of a struggle but creatively it's for me it's the best time is the nighttime yeah i feel like there is something about the night that's conducive to creativity i feel like your brain something happens to your brain as long as you can push past that like wall of like initial wall of tiredness unless unless you're on yeah. that kind of a schedule but i feel like if you stay up and you just like there's friday nights where i want to go to sleep at nine you know what i mean but then yeah. there's other times where i force myself to stay up and then uh it, it sometimes some of those nights are become the most fun nights you know what i mean you end up doing something or watching something or and or creating something like music or art like yourself and yeah i feel like yeah. there's those times where it's like a goldilocks zone like where you just push get your second wind and all of a sudden you're you're creative and you want to do something fun you know what i mean absolutely absolutely yeah um 
Nope. Yeah, it's just it's just that really. Yeah. Now we were talking about your process a little bit. Another thing I noticed that you post a lot is the record that you're listening to while you're making the art that you're making. Yeah, um, that's right. So has that always been something you've done? Have you have you always had records on or or like CDs on or whatever while you're while you're creating? Is that has that been a part of your process all along? Yeah, I think so. Even like if you don't really realize it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think having music on when working. Uh, is good for me and a lot of people kind of do the same thing too right when creating anything i think the only people that don't listen to music while they're making something are musicians because yeah, they can't that's right you know you have to you have to do your own thing but that's right you know you even even if you're not creating or you know you you, you work in a garage fixing cars you play music while you work yep. you know so you always read stories um, of people who have like invented really amazing life-changing things. And they always say, Oh, I was listening to Metallica while I was developing this, or I was listening to Wu-Tang while I was listening to that. Yeah. I think in the early days of Microsoft, they said they were listening to Beatles and Pink Floyd. So it's just, wow. you know, you, you put on, you put on music and you, and you just, you, you work on the stuff makes a nice, you know, it gives you a bit of inspiration uh, it makes it a more comfortable environment. And, um, yeah, but for me, like it, it doesn't really, it's more of a background noise. It's more something to just kind of set the mood and kind of, you know, have a background noise that I don't really have to think about too much. Uh, it doesn't really cr drive the artwork or the mm -hmm. creative process mm -hmm. in any, in any particular direction. And if it does, I don't notice it. Um, right. But yeah, it's it's uh, I do enjoy playing music, but it's very much just like background noise for me. And uh, I also like showing off my record collection. Yeah, because you know when I worked at the record store, <laughs> I could do that. Yeah, you know I yeah. could show it off all the time. Right. But I'm like, when I didn't when you know when when that record store closed down, sadly enough. Yeah. And I wasn't working there anymore. Um, it was like, how can I show off my record collection? I'm like, I got to figure out a way. So yeah. this was this this was a way to do it. Well, it's definitely a good way, you know what I mean? And, and sometimes it reminds me of things I haven't heard in a really long time. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I feel like yeah. your musical taste and my musical taste are similar in the sense that we, we we may not listen to a lot of the same things, or maybe we do, maybe there is some crossover there, but I feel like you and I both have this sort of eclectic sense of what we like musically. Like, you know what right. I mean? There's stuff yeah. from all genres, you know what I mean? Whereas Absolutely. you get those people that are locked into, you know, I'm a rock guy, I'm a, you know, whatever, I'm a hip hop yeah. guy, where... Whereas I listen to everything and, and just, I listen to what I like, you know what I mean? It That's have... it. If, if, if it's, if it's good and you like it, yeah. then I don't care if I'm listening to like, you know, whatever it is. I have a, like a lot of like Afro beat stuff from like the seventies and the sixties that might not be, yeah. you know, like fella Kuti. I don't know if you know who he is, but like no. the political, like kind of activists, you know, uh, in, in Africa during, oh, during wow. apartheid. You know, so a lot of it is kind of like, you know, the revolution will not be televised kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, it's very political. It's very much a thing of its time because of the situation. Yeah. But I don't know. It, for me, if it sounds good, I'll enjoy it. I don't care really what it is. Like, I love listening to Ravi Shankar, who's like a, you know, well-known sitar player. But it's all Indian music of the 60s. Yeah. But it's... uh yeah, for whatever, you know, it's enjoyable. So, I mean, like, good music is, like, you know, and it's not only universal, it's timeless, too, right? 100%, so, yeah. So, it's, like, it doesn't, you know, as long as it resonates with you, it's, 
it's good. But not everybody's like that. I have met people, especially working at a record store, you meet all all kinds of people. But oh, you get imagine. some people that are just like, I remember meeting one guy who was only into UK music. He would only listen to bands and music from the UK, which is like, great. That's a great place to start. No question about it. Yeah. But like, he was very determined that like, if it's American, if it's French, if it's Japanese, whatever, he's not into it. And it's, it's not coming from that Island. It's no good kind of thing. You <laughs> know what I mean? Which is, which is, which is crazy. He yeah. could be missing out on some amazing bands. Like some of his favorite music he may never hear, you know what I mean? Or what well, may it, have become his favorite music. He'll never have heard, you know? Well, that's just it, right? Everything has its roots. So like English music, you know, when it exploded and it started becoming popular, like a lot of that stuff is influenced by stuff from all around the world, particularly America, especially once you start talking about British invasion stuff. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, where do you think Massive Attack gets it from? You know, where do you think, you know, bands, bands like that, that kind of have more of like a reggae kind of crossover feel, something yeah. like Gorillas, which is completely all over the map. And it's just like, it's not a hundred percent UK, you know what I mean? It's just like things are influenced, everything's influenced by something. So yeah, just to just restrict yourself to uh, an imaginary line for music yeah. or any kind of art is kind of crazy. <laughs> but that's just that's just one example of, uh, of yeah, it's of, it's silly to me. You know what I mean? Like like listen to everything, give everything a chance because you never know, yeah. right? And I know yeah, nowadays exactly. we we have so much. And the last time you were here it was funny because we were just talking about people. Trying to, you specifically were saying that somebody was trying to convince you to get onto like Spotify or Apple Music or something like that. You know what I mean? And That's and right. I had been staying away completely from the streaming stuff because we talked about how we both like physical copies of things. You know what I mean? We like the physical copies of of the albums or the CDs, so you can see the artwork, you can read who the engineers were, all that kind of stuff, right? Right. And um, but now Spotify is huge. You know, like this podcast is on Spotify. Like absolutely. And I, and I'm yeah. still not a fan. I don't even have a paid account because I refuse. <laughs> I kind of refuse to pay them because of how they treat the artists that are on there. Right. It still doesn't yeah. feel right to me. Yeah. No. Um, you YouTube's the same too. Yeah. It's just like it's unbelievable what these guys. You know, it's it's the people made them what they are. Yes. That's the thing that pisses me off. Exactly. The artists made them who they are, and instead of paying them fairly or equitably they're, they're like you know it just it's kind of disgusting to me what happens and, and i don't even care as, as a creator yeah. somebody said to me once oh yeah well you guys are doing the work i said no no i don't include myself in that what i do is not the same as a person that puts out a killer fucking album and then makes zero dollars from it because it just gets streamed a billion times for pennies well, on the dollar right? yeah exactly right somebody who's actually like doing something creative for a living and like that's yeah. what they really depend on it's like yeah it's it's kind of like you know it'd be like you creating well, art uploading it to a website that they give exposure to and a bunch of people see it but you never see any benefits from that because they're yeah they're like oh yeah, well, why, yeah. Don't, why don't we go to this guy's site and pay for it when it's just right here and i can just oh here's a free uh, basically a free download of this guy's sure. artwork. You know what I mean? It'd, it'd be silly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. But unfortunately, I mean, specifically for the music industry, yeah. that's just sad, but that's kind of the way it's, it, it, it's gone. And yeah. You make your money on touring now and selling t-shirts. You oh, know? 100%. That's, uh, yeah. 100%. Are you making any music these days? I know you were writing, you had written some lyrics to songs last time we talked, but I didn't know, I don't remember if you, I know you play guitar a little bit, but were you in a... Have you been in a band or have you been creating any music at all or? 
I haven't been doing as much as I would like to. Um, you know, the thing is, is like, I'm really tied up into making art, you know yeah. what I mean? And I, and, uh, I, I spend, you know, I actually plan on expanding a little bit and actually doing more artwork than I'm already doing and, uh, just putting more into it, uh, in the near future. But I'd love to play more guitar, man. And cause I used to uh, uh, write songs, not on a, any serious level, but just mm-hmm. more for the exercise of sure. doing it and writing lyrics. Cause I've always enjoyed singing and playing even though i'm not a very good guitar player Mm -hmm. you know i know maybe like 10 chords or something like that um but uh yeah no i haven't really been uh uh, touching it it's it's one of those things that comes in waves too and it's when i have the time i can do it and i'll you know i'll strum about for an hour or so here and there but i was really good at the beginning of the year i kind of made it a goal because last year i didn't i didn't pick up the guitar at all Mm. So this year I was like, I got to play at least an hour a day. So oh. that lasted for about a month and a half. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, I just, I'm not motivated and yeah. I can't do it. And I'm busy with this stuff. And so, but I'd like to do it more, but no, not as, not as often as, as, as I would like. How about yourself though? I know you're a bit of a musician and. Yeah. I mean like a little bit of home recording stuff, but again, the podcast is eating up a lot of my time. I have a day job like winter Winter yeah. killed me because I was working nights, so I had zero motivation to do anything except sure. even the nights where I wasn't working, I kept the same schedule because I knew if I didn't, it would just it would decimate me like physically, you know what I mean? So I kept the same schedule, so my wife would go to sleep and I'd just be up all night. And you think I can get motivated to actually write or play, even play guitar? Like you said, an hour a day. I don't even play an hour a day now. Like if I wanted right. to, I would, I'm probably not playing an hour a day unless I'm like trying to record some ideas. So like I recently got like um, a new Mac for mainly for recording the podcast. So I, I could have a little bit more stability in that recording sense for, for this thing. But also right. like I got a copy of or a, a version of logic that was sort of given to me to try. And then okay, um, cool. some other, some other DAWs as well that I've been playing with and just kind of recording ideas. You know what I mean? So yeah. when I'm not yeah, doing yeah. podcast stuff, that's what I'm doing. But as far like making music, I mean, I suppose it is creating music, but it's, nothing I'd want anyone to hear. You know what I mean? It's just, it's kind of just for myself. Like you said, like the exercise of going through it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's always what it's been for me. Even when I kind of started in, you know, late high school, um, early days of college was, uh, was really kind of when I started really trying to write stuff, it was really never, I'd record them on cassette and you know, that was it. No one would ever hear them. And the only reason I recorded them is so I wouldn't forget them because I don't write music. You know, I can't write something down and, uh, and remember, and if I do write the lyrics down with maybe the chords above it, I, you forget the feel of the song, you forget how fast it was. So recording it is the only way I know how to like truly remember what I was kind of feeling at that time. Right. So, but you know, when you, uh, I mean, both of us are busy doing other things and when it's not your main you know for me it's not a form of income at all yeah, so right. it, you know it, be, it doesn't become a priority as much yeah i hate to say it but it's more of a hobby i want it to be yeah. a passion but i'm just like it's not because i'm not it's not a priority so i'm obviously not that passionate about oh, yeah. it so i can't really call it a passion yeah it's more of like a hobby for me uh so yeah it's i wish tough, man. i wish man if you don't have the time to dedicate to it, it's it's a tough thing. You know what I mean? And like, you can't do it. You yeah. can't do it. You can't put in your ten thousand hours. You're not going to get very far. That's know? right. And and there's a weird thing that happens with guitar too, where you get to a certain point where you're 
you know, you think, okay, I'm doing pretty good, but then it just stalls out. And that's where I've been for years. Yeah. Like it's hard to break past that point where like, you're like, how do I get better? Or like, how do I get more creative? It's like, Oh yeah. That's where like continuing to do lessons, you know, a few yeah. times a week helps because that's, yeah. I've never had a lesson ever in my life. And the only kind of lesson I ever had was like chord books and stuff, right. Yeah. Where it just shows you the shape of the chords and you figure it out. Yeah. So yeah. But that only takes you so far. Like I've been playing the same style for like 15 years and I've never progressed because I've just never had anybody to show me anything. Right. right? So it's still fun. I still like to do it, but it's like, you know, creatively it can be frustrating because you probably hear stuff in your head all the time, but you can't actually produce it. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty frustrating. Oh buddy. I feel that way all the time. I have so many things that pop in my head. And like you said, if I don't record it, like, into my like my phone like the voice notes right. recorders immediately it's gone yeah. like i i yeah. have such a bad memory for many things but especially for musical ideas there's been times i've been laying in bed and i hear a song in my head and i'm like oh that would be so sweet oh i'll remember that and i'll play it over in my head like five times and then i'll fall asleep and it's gone like yeah, yeah. it's gone there's not it's unless you get it right up out of bed and go figure it out and strum around on the guitar and or play that melody on the guitar Sometimes even doing that will lock it in my brain, but most of the time, if I don't record it, it's gone in no time. Yeah, I hear it. I hear that. Yeah. Going back to your record collection, though, I wanted to ask you something. You got you spin a lot of original soundtrack stuff. Have you always been into the like the the original soundtrack albums, or is that something that's been newer to you since you've been at the record store, or when you were working at the record store? How's that come about? Uh, I've always, I've always enjoyed film soundtracks. I probably started really getting, uh, got into them in like the early 2000s. Okay. Um, I think film scores are awesome and soundtracks are probably the closest thing that we have to kind of original composition of the 17 and 1800s, you know, what we, what we would call classical music. So, and soundtracks are great to work with. They usually have like a set theme and mood and depending on that movie that theme occurs throughout the entire album so it's really easy to put on soundtracks and listen to soundtracks while while making stuff and there's they're mostly instrumental anyway right so you know it's it's easy to kind of get lost in in, and escape with the soundtrack on for you know the hour that it lasts yeah um and um yeah, it's just a nice thing, uh, nice thing to listen to, and obviously work to. And some of the great composers, I feel, of the last fifty, sixty years that sometimes don't always get recognized, you know, because they've done work for film. Yeah, uh, you know, whether it's older composers like you know Bill Conti or John Barry or John Williams or Ennio Morricone, was I was listening to today. Uh, you know, Bernard Herrmann, Elmer Bernstein, all the way to, you know, people like Danny Elfman. Yeah, that's who I was thinking about is Danny Elfman. Like, he's done so much stuff, and nobody really knows who the hell he he is. Oh, incredible. Like, (laughs) The Simpsons, you know, obviously he's done great films, but, like, even The Simpsons stuff, and, like, you know, I I didn't know that he did the Spider-Man 90s, you know, cartoon jingle, so... Mm. Just things like that, and then kind of almost in the last few years, we're starting to see a lot of talented musicians, but who aren't necessarily known for doing yeah. soundtrack work, you know, like, um, like Trent Reznor and Addicts Kids Ross doing the social network, you know, Eddie Vedder doing uh, into the wild mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Daft Punk doing the tr- uh, Tron, uh, the latest Tron movie. And, you know, the list goes on and that on. One I didn't uh, know Daft Punk to the new Tron movie. 
Yeah, that Disney Tron movie that came out. Well, it's kind few, of old yeah, now, yeah, I guess. Many years, years now. now yeah. But they did the the soundtrack for that. That's wow, right. I didn't know that. That's pretty so, cool. I might, uh, I might want to check that out. No, I, did, I never watched check it. Check it out, man. I check thought it, it would out. be cheesy. It's, I thought the movie would be cheesy. That's I've never I mean. seen the movie. No? I never seen the movie, but yeah. I did buy the soundtrack. Oh, did you? Because <laughs> uh, well, I'm a Daft Punk fan, you know. So yeah, yeah. I'm a Daft Punk fan, so I was just like, well, I need, I need, I need to get this now. Yeah. Um, I could never find a. Uh, so one of my biggest mistakes is I never jump on soundtracks fast enough, though. So I have a CD copy of it, but I don't have a vinyl copy of it. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these, you know soundtracks are just they, they become this thing for me and uh i i always like it and then you have composers that are obviously well known for doing uh film scores like hans zimmer for instance who like now you can kind of see in concert and he goes on tour and he yeah. plays his his work yeah. which i think is is awesome you know i haven't gone to a show but i'd never heard of anything like that when i heard hans zimmer was doing a tour i was like what yeah i'm like that would be like you know, maybe and maybe these old guys did like uh, John Williams and stuff like that. Like, you know, maybe they did go on tour, but I, I, I never heard of anything like no, that. So, and probably before yeah. the internet days, how would you even ever know? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. We think right? they're not very well known now. Imagine pre-internet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, nobody yeah. would have known them. And yeah, I have like exactly. my old guitar teacher actually does some composing um, for commercials and and short films and things like that, like independent films. And so right. he's referenced a number of like of those names that you've that you've just rattled off. Danny Elfman uh, was one that he was telling me about a lot the one day. Like we had an in-depth conversation about it because I'd again outside of the Simpsons, I had no idea, right? Right. And someone named Danny Elfman, I don't know if it's the same Danny Elfman, just released an album on like Epitaph Records. And so I don't know if it's the same Danny Elfman or not, because I haven't really looked into it yet. But there's it better a, be it better be the same guy. I mean, how could it not be? Which whichever artist decided to keep the name Danny Elfman and yeah. thought he was actually going to contend, you know, not contend, but actually like, yeah, it's like it's like starting off and being like, oh, I'm going to call myself Tom Jones, you know, and it's just like <laughs> you're nuts, you're absolutely or you're absolutely nuts, like it's not going to work. But um, I, yeah, Danny Elfman was one of those guys that really got me started into uh, listening to soundtracks, actually. Yeah just because of the Batman stuff and the Edward Scissorhands stuff and it, pretty much anything that he's Tim Burton's worked on, he's right. pretty much done the music for. Right. So yeah, a lot of great stuff. Th- this is definitely him according to, I'm sure this is him. It's gotta be. It's, it's gotta be. Yeah. It's, there's no way there's some buffoon <laughs> who also calls himself Danny Elfman, which do you, already do you know is kind of an obscure. Like? Is this, is this him? That's him. Yeah, yeah he's kind yeah. of a weird looking dude. He is a yeah. weird. He's a very weird looking dude. He's not kind of weird. He's yeah. a weird looking fucking dude. But he released this album on Epitaph Records, which I think is weird because Epitaph, I always knew it as like a punk label. You know what I mean? And mm. so now they're they're releasing all this weird shit, like like more poppy stuff and and a lot of a yeah. lot of like what's considered pop punk now, which I don't consider to be pop punk, but right. many people do now. Um, and so he's got this new album called, I think it's called Big Mess. Big Mess. Okay. XLP. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a two LP um, version that you can buy, two two vinyl, um, but it's called Big Mess. I, I got, I might check it out. I mean, I, when I first saw it, I was like, I can't be the same Danny Elfman. It's Epitaph Records, right? But then I started yeah. digging a little bit, and Epitaph is not what I remember it to be. So it very well could be. Oh, well, it must be. You said you you know what he looks like, so that's that's him. I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's him. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen a picture recently, yeah. but I remember he was a weird looking guy. And, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, 
yeah that's 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 cool um because yeah i mean uh, a, a lot of uh composers too that have uh are only kind of known yeah for doing film scores have now and maybe they always did um you know produce albums of kind of their own work and yeah. you know because when you're doing a score for a movie i mean i'm sure you have a lot of free range but at the same time it's somebody else's movie and yeah exactly they're gonna tell you that this song either doesn't work or this works brilliantly exactly, right so yeah. It's different when you're making your own stuff because you only have to really satisfy yourself. And right, if other people like it, then it's a bonus. But with the film, it's it's kind of different for composers. I would have thought anyway. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Um, while we're on the uh, topic of your of your albums, what have what have you been listening to lately? Have you discovered anything sort of new or that's new to you? I ask everybody that question, and most people are just listening to the old stuff. But every once in a while, somebody will will pull out a gem and say, hey, check this out, and it turns out to be something really cool. So I ask everybody, have you have you heard anything new, or like, are you still listening to your old, your old stuff? Always listening to the old stuff, and always listening and on the look for, for new stuff. Every Friday, I'll actually go through the list of new music that comes out for the week. And uh, I'll go through it, like the, the actual names and the titles, and yep. I'll kind of if something sounds interesting or like the, the cover looks interesting, I'll, uh, I'll give it a try and listen to the first three songs. If I like it, um, I put it on my wish list, yeah. uh, for albums to buy or albums to, you know, check out a bit more. Mm-hmm. So I'm always on the, I'm always on the search for, for new music, some pretty cool stuff lately, uh, that I've listened to. There's a band from the UK called dry cleaning. Dry and uh dry cleaning they put out their first uh record uh in april of this year uh and that's that's been my favorite record so far this year hmm. uh i love i i'm really loving that album what kind uh, of music i i love it because i've never really heard anything like it it's right. like uh, the lead singer is she's she's clearly british but it's like more, more spoken word so the accent really comes through oh, really? a lot more, but you have to you have to look into it. It's kind of avant garde, psychedelic, okay. like kind of techno. I, I don't know, man. It's weird. Like I don't like it's. I love it because I can't pinpoint exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah, it's different. You know what I mean? It's so different. As I feel like it's, I've never heard anything like it, and it, it's really hard to uh, to to compare it to anything or kind of give you a reference, but. I recommend, uh, I think the album's called, uh, it's got a weird name too, uh, New Long Leg, I think is what it's New called. New Long Leg? That's right. I'm going to check And it the out. band's called Dry Cleaning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another guy that uh, released an album in January is uh, a guy by the name of Aaron Fraser. And this is also his first album that hmm. came out. Um, and that came out, yeah, uh, in January and it's produced by the guy from, uh, the black keys, uh, Dan Arrowback. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's got, um, it's got that throwback sound to it. Uh, kind of what Leon Bridges did on his first album. I don't know if you ever heard that one, no. but it's kind of got that, uh, almost like sixties R and B throwback sound. Yeah. So it's a real throwback, uh, kind of an album. And there's probably more uh, newer albums that I can't think about. And there's all, obviously the um, the artists where like 
doesn't matter what they release. I'm buying the album because I, I need to complete the collection. Another OCD thing where I'm just yeah. like, I need to have the whole, yeah. you know, like Bahamas <laughs> released, uh, Bahamas released an album, Sad Hunk uh, recently, but like Black Keys' new album, you know, Fleet Foxes, you know, Arctic Monkeys released a live one. So all the bands that I'm like pretty much a fan of and, you know, even if the album sucks, I'm still going to buy yeah. it just yeah. because I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, man, always, always on the search for uh, new music and love, love listening to the stuff that uh, yeah. I've always grew up listening to. So yeah, right. putting it on that wish list, which is absolutely massive and completely unrealistic. Uh, that's ne- it's never going to be complete because, you know, new music comes out every All week. The time. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's huge, man. I've got a problem with that thing. I've got a problem <laughs> with buying. I need help, like serious, like there, professional help. There's worse things to be addicted to. You know what I mean? That, that that's a that's good what one. they say. Yeah, that's what they say. That's, but I don't know. <laughs> it, well, I know people that collect vinyl, especially, are like, you know, they say they're going broke from collecting vinyl because they've just become addicted to to even getting old albums that they already have, like on CD. But they yeah. just want the vinyl. You know what I mean? They they want that that album in their collection. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I've cut back since. I mean, before I worked at a, at the records, I started collecting in high school. So like, I would get hammies downs from like every all my friends' parents. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and some amazing stuff. Like the stuff that they've given me is like, you know, the stuff that everybody looks for. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. nobody thought it was going to come back. So. Yeah people were just giving it to me. And then when it started slowly coming back in the mid two thousands and still not the revival just yet, albums were still significantly cheap. Yeah. And you could still buy a vinyl record for like 20 bucks, you know, uh, still more expensive than a CD, but it was, you know, the vinyl record. So it didn't mind too much. And then when the revival really kicked off, they started bumping those prices up. Oh, sure. And luckily, during that time, I, I was working at a record store and got an amazing discount. And I'm talking like incredible, almost like close to free. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for, for records. Right. Um, I, I start, I got, I, my collection just blew up very, <laughs> and I, cause I was there every single day. Yeah. I worked 40 hours at a record store every single day for, you know, three and a half years or yeah, whatever it yeah. was. So the collection grew huge, but now that I don't work at a record store and records are no longer $20, but are now in the range of between 40 to 50 bucks. I know. Stupid. With the big names, like Fleet yeah. Fox's new yeah. album was like 45 bucks. Right. Roger Waters released his fucking solo album like three years ago. That thing was like $60. Holy and I'm like, God. Roger, I love you. I love you, man. Even though you're angry as fuck. <laughs> But I'm not paying sixty dollars when I can buy the CD for fourteen. That's bucks. it, and that's what, you know I, mean. what I mean. Like, and I don't even have a, a, a turntable, and I should get one because I recently just one of my favorite bands right now. This band called Murderland, and who I've had a many of many of the members of the band on the show. Um, okay, they I bought their recent sort of discography collection, and it didn't come with a CD of the newest EP, which is which is older now. It's from 2016, but um, it only came with the vinyl, right? And I don't have yeah. I don't have a record player, but I'd really be interested to hear because I have the digital download, obviously, which sure. I listen to all the time. But sure. I've never spun the record. Like I, I've had it for a couple of weeks now, and I, and because I don't have a turntable, I haven't spun it. So I've I'd be interested to see, you know, put it on, listen to it digitally, or listen to one song digitally, and then listen to it again vinyl back to back, and see if I can hear a difference. You know what I mean? 
Because yeah. if you can't, why are you spending all the money? <laughs> if you can or don't care, why are you spending the money? Yeah, I yeah. totally, I, 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 I totally agree. And I'm kind of on that. I never, I never got into the science of sound. I yeah. am the walrus on cassette. Sounds like I am the walrus on vinyl yeah. and digital and CD. To me, it all kind of sounds yeah. the same. HD television and regular cable. I was, you can tell the difference, oh, but yeah. I'm just like, I don't care. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I can, I, I'm still getting the same information. Right. Right. Um, but yeah. And uh, people ask me, well, if you don't care about it, then why are you spending so much money on vinyl records? Yeah. But I think it's just the old thing that I used to do. Even before I was collecting vinyl, I was buying CDs and you, I, I loved going to the music store yeah. and buying the albums and having the physical thing. And for a long time, I had fucking those great deals where it's just like people were giving me records, records yeah. were cheap. I was getting records, you know, for free that were brand new, that were really expensive. Yeah. But that's all changed now. And it's oh, yeah. kind of, um, I don't buy as much as I used to. So I really cherry pick now which albums yeah, sure. I buy. And that's kind of why I wish I, I had Spotify because it's very easy to search for something yeah listen to it and if i really like it then i'm like okay i'm gonna buy this new dry cleaning album i'm gonna buy this guy aaron fraser yeah yeah i'm gonna do this right so and that's but, exactly what i do you know i use yeah. it as a as a sort of a springboard a, yeah a tool yeah. to to find the good stuff and then when i find the good stuff i buy it you know what i mean and yeah I, like i said i don't have a paid account so i listen to all the ads you know what i mean like while i'm driving in my sure. car every two songs there's a, there's a two thirty or 15 second ads or whatever and and i just yeah. put up with it because I don't want to give that company any money, any more money than they already have that's undeserved. No. You know what I mean? And, and they are providing I, I a service, agree. but really the bands are creating, the, are providing the content. And if I knew that more money was going in their pockets, I'd be happier about paying for a paid subscription to that service. You know what I mean? But Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't even, uh, like I said, I kind of wish I had it, but I, I just, I've never even, I've never even really used it. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't use the free stuff. It's pretty good. Honestly, it's, it's, yeah. it's a pretty good tool for finding some different things. I found a couple of really it. good bands that like I normally would never listen to. Um, yeah. But, uh, well, that's, and that's another thing too, right? It's like the recommendations and yeah. all that stuff that comes with it. I don't know if you need a paid account in order to do nope. that, but still, no, it's it, like, still um, do it. it's, it's, it's a, it's a nifty tool to have. And, it's so easy because the way I do it is like I'm either going on YouTube to see if the music's on there and it yeah. usually is, or I'm going to their website and seeing if they have samples of the music. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And most bands nowadays don't have that. It all directs you to their Spotify. Account. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So, uh, it's an easy way so for them to showcase to the masses, right? Like yeah, most people absolutely. have Spotify. So yeah. And that's the way things are going, you know? Yeah. If if Netflix was allowed to be in the in the in the Oscars, they'd win everything anyway. So it's yeah. you know, it's it's just the way things are going. Is are those platforms where you can just you know you have it all? It's like a library of of whatever. Yeah. Now speaking of album albums and album covers, you've made a few album covers for some some artists, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I know at least one of yeah. them is local. Eric Eric Bolton, he did his that's right. cover. And how many yeah. how many more have you done? Have you is that something that's been sort of regular for you? It hasn't been as regular as I would like. It all kind of happened by luck, you know. Mm. Like I said, the 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 inspiration for the for the complete change in style for art was album covers originally. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so I know I wanted to get into doing album covers for musicians and also kind of dip my hand into concert posters and things like that. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's hard to get into. It's, uh, you know, if you don't know anybody in the music industry and I don't really know anybody, I know local musicians and that's as far as it goes pretty much, you know? Yeah. There's, if you don't know anybody, there's no real platform for that kind of work. I can't just like put a listing on, in a newspaper and be like, hey, need an album cover? I'll do it for you and expect to get any bites. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't work that way. You need to know the right the, the right people. But it, it, I have made a few. Uh, and when I, when I started doing the new kind of artwork, I did make it known on social media that I was interested in doing uh, album covers. Mm. Um. And yeah, I kind of, uh, 2018 when I switched styles, uh, I kind of made it known and, uh, it all started with, uh, a band from Sweden called mind motel. Mm. And they asked me to do the cover for their, it was either an album or it was an EP. They weren't sure yet. Uh, so I did it for them and, uh, they, they, they really liked it and I kind of just been doing it since i think i've done maybe 19 or 20 different projects in the last four years so not like a crazy amount but but some um you know six of those projects are people that i know personally uh you mentioned eric bolton so i Mm -hmm. did uh one for uh for his band uh shy harry and also some of his solo stuff Mm -hmm. which is uh it's coming out all throughout this year um and uh grant gimple i don't know if you know grant he's mm. in shy harry he's also in a band called pilot project which are another local band okay uh so they're releasing uh three singles which i did the covers for all three of them oh nice um and a few other local bands one guy that i met when i was going to school in london who is now based out of vancouver i did his album cover so and people just kind of find me, I kind of just got lucky. People kind of just find me through, through Instagram yeah. and stuff. And, um, I also, I, I, I also do a lot of engaging on Instagram. I do, uh, like a lot of people's posts yeah. and comment on stuff yeah. and also message them, asking them about, about their work and stuff. And I target, I target musicians specifically, Of course, you know, I'll look at, you know, I'll type in guitar, hashtag guitar, and I'll like you know, the first 20 posts or whatever it yep. is and comment on some of them. And, you know, I'll, I'll target the Nashville music scene. And that's brought me to Nashville artists, a guy called proxy goes by the name proxy and another band that I did a concert poster for called the Blackpool Macca. Oh, wow. Um, and you know, one guy from Chicago, one guy from Tampa, one guy from, um, uh, Denver, um, did some work for a guy in uh, Australia earlier oh, wow. this year. So this year's actually been, I think, the best year for I was gonna say, like you're, concert posters. Yeah, you're putting quite a bit out then. I mean, like th- that is quite a bit more than I thought you actually did yeah. for as far as, as album cover went. So that's that's amazing that you've already dipped your foot in there enough that where you're getting like, it sounds like it's fairly regular work. It's been regular more this year. Yeah. like. I mean, like I said, it was what, like 19 or 20 different projects in the last four years. But this year, I think it's been six or seven of them right. uh, uh, have been this year. So, nice. you know, almost ca- kind of close to half. But um, yeah. You should, uh, 
uh, we were talking about albums before, and I and I forgot to bring it up, and then you just said Nashville, which kind of reminded me. Are you into like the southern, the more the southern soulful kind of like rock stuff, or no? Are you listening to any some of it? Not some of it. I, you... I do. I do like um, some of like Shooter Jennings, more rock and roll okay, stuff. Yeah, but still with that country twang. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, if it's going to be country, it better be bordering on rock for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cuz I'm not a huge I'm not a huge country fan. No, I neither. do like the old old country stuff. Like yeah. I'm a big fan of Johnny Cash's old oh, yeah, work, of course. early stuff. Of and, course. You know, Hank Williams, not junior but senior. Yeah. I love some of his stuff and you know, things like Woody Guthrie and like yeah. the old more old like the, time. More like the outlaw country, right? Not yeah, really like exactly. the, the pop country. It, yeah. Exactly. So, who's another guy? Uh Lucas Nelson, um uh, Willie Willie Nelson's son, yeah, and Shooter Jennings, I, I believe, is uh, Waylon's son. What about um, uh, what about Marcus King? You heard of him? I've heard the name. I've not listened oh, to the music. You got you got to check him out, man. I'll send you a link to to a live performance that you know just blows my mind. I still love watching it, <clears throat> but I'll send you a link to it. It's on YouTube, and it it's might be oh, the, perfect. It might yeah. be the most well recorded live performance i've ever seen like pre-recorded live performance i've ever seen no kidding, it sounds eh? fucking amazing and the and i mean it's it's a testament to the kind of musicians he has in his band you know what i mean it's they're all ah, incredible he's, he's an incredible they, artist you know what i mean you know places like nashville and memphis and stuff they just got such a rich history and people flock you know yeah. all kinds of generations just flock to these places yeah. in order to you know, to, to make it big kind of thing. And yeah. you have the, you have the cream of the crop in these areas. You know what I mean? Right. Like if you're a, a relatively well-known name, you can cherry pick your musicians yeah. and just pick the best ones. You know? Yeah. He's a North or sorry, a South Carolina guy. Um, okay. But, but I mean, lots of work in obviously in Nashville and all those kind of places, right? It's, it's yeah, that's part of being a Southern yeah. musician. You're, you're going to work in those spots, right? Um. Now, as I understand it, you've got some uh, work that's going to be in the art gal- in an art gallery in Hamilton. Tell me about that. That's, that's right. Um, how, how did that come about? Well, uh, although I've done a couple art events in the past and have like shown some of my work in uh, in like restaurants and cafes and stuff like that, it's only really been this year that I've been focusing on doing more art shows and art events and uh, and, and answering calls for submissions to uh to galleries and art events so i've been involved in uh i think five different art events so far this year and one of those was the art gallery of hamilton they have uh every year they have uh an art event it's called the uh agh uh art sale in the month of may and the the calling is kind of like open to anybody, right? So you submit your artwork, and uh, I did, and uh, I got accepted to that. And the art event, which was really only supposed to last the one month, uh, went really well for me. They uh, they opened it up a week before it was actually supposed to start to collectors and stuff. Oh, and I sold I sold five out of the six pieces I had in there. <laughs> Before the show even started. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and then throughout the month, they were like, we need, we want more work because yeah. people are, are wanting to buy more work. Sadly, I didn't have anything that was framed because right. everything's closed. Right, so I'm right. like, I can't go to <laughs> antique stores and stuff yeah. and frame the work. I've got right. work, but it's on a hard drive. You, you know? Yeah, like, right, I right, can't, right. 
I can't, I can't, I can print them too. Cause that's not a problem, but I can't actually frame anything to hang in a gallery. So yeah. I only had one piece to give them throughout the whole sale. And oh, the, man. the one piece that I didn't sell originally, um, never sold, but, um, yeah, the reception was pretty cool. And like, I almost sold out completely. And when the event was over, I'm like, well, that was great, you know, and, but they reached out to me and said, you know, we're really happy with the, with the reception and the way, you know, the way the artwork was received and all of that. And they kind of extended, uh, you know, their, their grounds for like a more permanent kind of residence thing. So um, you know, they sent over the paperwork and stuff and I read over it and that's kind of just how it came about. I actually ended up dropping them off, uh, two days ago. Yeah. yeah I saw that on your, on your Instagram. That's how I knew that it was happening, obviously, cause you shared the, shared the post with us on Instagram, but like, yeah. I, I just thought, man, what a cool opportunity. So is that stuff still for sale then as, as it's hanging? Like, can people still purchase those pieces? Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, the way it's going to work for me is like, you can... Um, it's all going to be, it's all going to be for sale and it's all going to be more or less on consignment. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, if somebody buys something, then I just keep giving them more artwork. Yeah, sure. And if something, if something doesn't, hasn't moved for three years, then I can switch it out and, or lower the price or whatever it is. It's pretty flexible. So it's just a spot in the gallery. I don't even think it's an actual like wall. Uh, from my understanding, it's going to be, they almost have like, you know, shelving units that like, just kind of like, actually yep. you can pull them out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people put like historical, like museums have those right, things, right? right, right where right. it's just like, there's a wheel and you turn it and it opens up the shelf. Yeah. So it's going to be like in one of those things okay. where uh, people can actually just pull out. And then I have, I have one of the shelves uh, and people can uh, take a look at the work there, but it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, be- before I applied to the art gallery of Hamilton, and even during the event, I didn't really realize uh, what the you know I didn't know that people actually knew about this art gallery yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, apparently, I've been told it's kind of a big deal, and it is kind of recognized within the Canadian art community. So, uh, you know, once people started, tell- started telling me that, yeah, this, that's kind of, a, kind of a popular art gallery, I was like, oh, okay, cool, like, <laughs> awesome. I have no idea, because, you know, I, I make art, I don't, know, I don't really yeah. know anything about the art world, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I know what I can do, and I know I've got documentaries on some of my favorite <laughs> artists, and yeah. that's, that's it, but I, I have no idea. It's, it's definitely been a challenge too, because I have no idea about price, about yeah. art prices and right. stuff. Right. I know, I know more or less what to sell on my online shop. Yeah. But in a gallery with framed work, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, who knows? I'm, you know, so they helped me with that and they kind of gave me, you know, almost like a rubric um, and a formula to figure out what art pieces generally go for, right. for somebody that's not only my level, but like, you know, you put a price if it's framed, you, you do this, yeah. you do that. If it's if it's a numbered print, you gotta consider that. So there's a lot of there's a lot to it. So they actually really like helped me out with that and yeah. uh and gave me a good sense of, you know, uh kind of what uh what you should price your stuff at and and what the people are looking for and yeah. what are the standards for framing and all that kind of stuff, which is great because now I can apply that to future art shows sure. if i ever have them, of course you know? yeah 
Yeah. It's nice that they helped you in that way. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm, of course they would want to because they're it, it's on consignment, so they're going to be taking a cut. I'm sure of that. But they but, take a cut and yeah. they take a big <laughs> cut. I'm not happy about that. Yeah. Again, talk about uh, you know that that one might be a necessary evil, though. You know what I mean? If if you want your stuff hanging in a in a physical place, you kind of need that that building right in the, in those folks to run that. Well, the the thing is, is like you know, going back to the, to the month art show at the art gallery of right. Hamilton, like I probably never would have sold that work anyways. I had it because I wanted to see if I could do it and actually right. frame stuff and, you know, ha- have big pieces and frames that actually can hang. The idea with that was I was going to start doing like art markets and stuff, you know, the Guelph art market, the mm-hmm. Waterloo, Cambridge art market. And I'd have pieces that people can buy that are already framed that they can mm-hmm. put and throw in their car and go yep. home with. Hang it as soon as they get home. Right. But obviously all of that ended during the pandemic because there was no yeah. art markets happening. They were all online. So yeah, uh, right. with a show like this, it was kind of like, um, you know, I probably wouldn't have sold anything had it not been in in that space or part of that event. So right. right. And because they've helped me with the pricing and have really boosted the pricing up and are recommending a higher price. I wouldn't, I, you know, even with the cut that they're taking, I still wouldn't have made that amount of money if, yeah, I, if sure. I do end up selling some of this stuff. So, sure. yeah, I mean, you take, yeah, you, you know, you, you, you take a hit, but whatever yeah. it's, it, what, what the hell else am I going to do? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it must be so nice to be recognized by like an organization like that though. You know what I mean? Like to, to a- ask you an offer for you to, to be in their gallery, like it must be a, a great feeling having started where you where you did with all this kind of stuff and then switching gears into what you're doing now to now all of a sudden being asked to be have your work basically as a permanent fixture in an art gallery you know what i mean it must feel incredible it feels pretty good i still kind of don't believe it in a in like a weird, yeah. funny way but yeah. um yeah you know what it it, it is exciting and I pretend like I'm, I don't care, but it's act like inside, <laughs> inside I'm actually like fireworks and shit are going off. Of course. No, it's, it's still, it's still on a small kind of minuscule level, but I mean, listen, there's a lot of great artists out there, man. And a lot of great musicians who are fantastic at what they do and nobody ever recognizes them. They yeah. don't get any recognition. No, it's true. You know, their fan base are their families and close friends. And, but, you know, no one's ever going to see their work, hear yeah. their work. Uh, you know, some, I know some, some friends, uh, you know, have made fantastic indie films. Nobody ever sees them. Nope. You know what I mean? Nope. And so to get recognized and to get even, I'm just happy when I get accepted to, you know, a two week art sale, you know, online kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? But to have like the work in an actual, like proper gallery and then, be invited, you know, to it and have them help me out. And you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's definitely, it's awesome. It's pretty cool. Um, Of course. I'm I'm happy about it. Yeah. Yeah, And even if it's not like, you know, I find like the older I get, the more I appreciate small wins. You know what I mean? Even if it's not the win you wanted or the win you've expected, you know, to be, to have at the point you're at, it's still nice to just get some small wins and feel like you're making progress. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like again, it, it, it's still, it's, I, I've mentioned it a number of times in this podcast now, but like just watching your followers grow has been amazing for me. I like that for me, that shows that your work 
means something to a lot of people because your numbers keep going up and up and up. You know what I mean? If your stuff is not good, your numbers don't go up. I mean, or if you don't stand out in some way, your numbers don't go up. You know what I mean? Because there's a million people doing what you're doing and like podcasting, it's impossible. To, it's almost impossible to stand out in podcasting now. I do this because I enjoy it, not because I expect to be the next Joe Rogan or the next, right. you know, Mark right. Marin or whoever. Like I do yeah. this because I love it. And so when I, when I get an amazing guest on, uh, like, you know, like I've had a, a few people on here that I consider to be dream guests, um, those wins feel amazing to me. You know what I mean? I got yeah, to talk to absolutely. people that have done incredible things that have influenced me in, in incredible ways. So, right. So it's awesome that they, you know, just even for them to reach out to you must've felt amazing. You know what I mean? Like to have your work in a proper gallery, you know what I mean? It's like, I can't imagine what that must've felt like. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's pretty cool. Um, it's the first time it's kind of ever really happened. Mm-hmm. I've done our, our, art events but i mean they're usually like uh you know they're like a weekend thing like yeah. i've done the cambridge celebration of the arts or cambridge mayor celebrations of yep. the arts is what yep. it used to be called mm-hmm. uh but that's like a weekend thing it's like in your yeah. hometown you know what i mean like it's not that big of a deal it's still fun it's still exciting and yeah it's still nice to get accepted and because you know not everybody gets in right uh but yeah this time it's kind of uh you know, I'm glad I filled out that submission for the one sure, month thing. Of course, you know of what course. I mean? Cause yeah. I'm the, I'm the, I am the worst at filling out that kind of stuff. Cause I hate doing it. Yeah. I don't like doing it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's boring. They want a whole bunch of information. I'm like, it's none of your fucking business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. don't worry about it, but, <laughs> but you have to do it. And I'm glad, um, at the beginning of this year, I actually said, okay, I have to start doing this a bit more. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I only feel like going in and thinking it's only going to last a month was one thing. And then when the event, when they told me before the event even started that you sold five out of the six, I was like, holy shit. Okay, cool. I'm, you know, <laughs> to buy myself like a happy meal now. And like, this is going to pay for this and this is going to yeah. pay for that. And that's great. And then, uh, and then get the invite later was just like, okay you know, it was worth the, the two hours of filling out boring of paperwork. Yeah, of course, you know? man. Yeah. Of course. You got to do those, those boring things sometimes. They, they pay yeah. off in the long run. Yeah. You have to do it. <laughs> if there's any kids listening, yeah. do the boring stuff. Do it the boring off. stuff. It does really pay off. I, used, I never used to believe that when I was a kid. I just believed you're, if you're going to make it, you're going to make it. You know what I mean? I was always one of those That's guys. Right. Like, it, you're so lucky if you make it. And it, you know, it's uh, most of it is luck. And you know what, the older I get, like I said, and the more I do things like, like what, you know what I'm doing and, and watch people do yeah. what you're doing. It's hard work. It's grinding that gets you to those places. It's not luck. There's, and sometimes it's luck. Yeah. Sometimes there's but, a, I think there is a yeah. bit of luck involved, uh, but you have to put in the work. Of course you have yeah. to, cause if you suck, you, like you said, if you suck, you suck. Yep. So like, you know, you you have to put in the work. You got to put in the time. Um, there's a lot of uh, great bands that, you know, had kind of, uh, they call it overnight success, but really these guys put in their, Oh yeah. You know, they put in their time, yeah. you know, even the bands with uh, overnight success were, most of them were bands that had been together for a long time beforehand. And if they weren't, yeah, exactly. it's just, there is a bit of luck, but they're usually it's because they're amazing musicians and they've made something that's really just, cool, you know. That's just it. Like one of my favorite groups growing up was Oasis, right? Now yep. Oasis was a group for three years before 
Alan McGee walked into, you know, the pub that they were playing yeah. at and, you know, heard live forever and was just like, I'm going to sign these guys. Sure. And like, that is luck. But, you know, at the, he, but he, he signed them because they were, they had great songs. Well, that's it. I mean, it's luck because he happened to be in the right place at the right time. But if they were yeah. that good and they, and they are like their songwriting is incredible. And I'm not a huge Oasis fan, but I can appreciate that they are amazing songwriters, you know? Right. Um, Noel Gallagher in particular, but I mean like sure. the whole the whole group as well as as a, as a whole. You know what I mean? So they had a thing. They had a definite thing. Um, and was it luck? I mean, yeah, he was in the right place, but somebody else would have saw them because they had amazing songs. And that's just you know. it, right? And it's just like, um, especially nowadays, you know, where it is, you know, there is so much out there on the internet and stuff like that. But if you're like the next, you know, big thing, like you're not going to go unnoticed. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just yeah. like these days, know, if, you, if you have any kind of online presence of any kind and your music is that good, yeah. you're going to get noticed. I mean, and if you're shopping yeah. around to labels and things like that, and a lot of bands don't even have to do that anymore. If they, if they have a big enough online presence, if they know what they're doing, or if they have a social media manager that can get them some attention, if your music's good and it's catchy, you're going to be popular. You know what I mean? And it, and it might take yeah. years. Like one of my favorite bands like and i say that a lot i have a lot of quote-unquote favorite bands you know i mean just just sure. a band that i really like is a band called blackberry smoke another southern rock kind of band not yeah, typical to, yeah not typical to anything i would normally listen to you know right but uh they've been grinding for years their albums have all been good but they've definitely been progressively getting more and more mature every every record you know what i mean like right. songwriting's getting crazy and and I, you know, the newest one I've, I've bar- I am embarrassed because they're one of my, like I said, one of my favorite bands, but I have not heard much of the new album, but it's getting a lot of attention on the charts right now. And especially in the places like the UK, which is unusual for a Southern rock band. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. So, I mean, you got to grind and those guys have been on the road, you know, many days of the year for many years. You know what I mean? They're just out all the time. They're just constantly on tour, constantly releasing music, you know? So yeah, you got to yeah. put the effort in. Oh, absolutely. And those guys are like particularly musicians that oh yeah. Are are on the road. Those guys are like actually really like killing themselves working. Yeah, you know they are. I mean? Like yeah. they put their body and their just mental state and yep. like horrendous because it's not like a normified situation. No. You know what I mean? Like living no. in hotel rooms. Or on a you bus, know? you know, like sleeping yeah, on a yeah. bus while it's on moving. A bus. Or, yeah. Playing loud every night is not good for you. No. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 dangerous. It's yeah. dangerous work. Yeah. And they put on a really good show too, man. Like I Yeah. I, I'm I was shocked when I saw them live because I one of my favorite albums that they have is actually a live album that they released. Um Okay. And uh then I and I thought, well, you know, they tried real hard because they were recording a live record. You know what I mean? And and that's right. why that one was so good, kind of thing. And then I went to go see them live in Toronto. They almost for the last few years, they hadn't come to Canada. I think their bass player had had some legal trouble, and it was hard for them to get him in across the border. Okay. So they finally kind of put that aside, I think, and got back up here. And I went to go see them in Toronto, and man, they are every bit as good live. Talk about musicians. I've never seen right. musicians play for almost two hours. And like I know to listen and to look for mistakes when bands are playing. And I accept a certain amount of them because I've been playing music for a long time, so I know you're going to make mistakes on stage. Things happen. Those guys didn't make one fucking mistake. They were perfect every song. And I'm listening to the guitar parts and I'm watching the bass player and I'm listening to the drums. Everything was bang spot on. You know what I mean? And like I it was yeah. the first time I'd ever seen a band play that clean through their set. And 
It could be also that they've played the songs a million times, but they also had some newer yeah. songs in their in their rotation. Yeah. And yeah. just incredible musicians. So again, they're grinders. They have the talent, but they put in the work. They didn't try for five years and say, fuck, this didn't work out. Let's let's call it quits and do something different. Yeah, they're they're passionate about it, right? They're that's all they want to do. And that's yeah. that's what they're gonna do. And whether they have an audience or not, they'll probably they would probably still do it. If nobody knew who they were, they weren't oh, on a yeah. label, yeah, didn't have a record, they'd still be in a in a garage playing yeah. probably. You know what I mean? Well they so, did that for many years. I mean they, they didn't even yeah, have a record exactly. label to start. Yeah. At the start I I don't even think they're on a record label now to be honest with you. I think they have their own record label called right. three legged records or something like that. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um but uh, yeah, it's it's funny how like they've never quit, they've never stopped, and mm-hmm. touring has been the only thing that's kept you know food on the table. That's been their bread and butter, literally for many right. years. And merch, right? Touring and merch, right. kind of thing. Yeah, so. yeah, man, that merchandise it helps. <laughs> oh, huge! And like I love you know I love me a band T-shirt. You know I'll be the first one to admit, and and I don't have that many of them because for a lot of years I didn't really like the stuff bands are putting out. But I feel like nowadays with graphic graphic design being what it is and all this kind of like stuff people can do at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. People are getting way better at be, at designing things or they're going to school for, to be a graphic designer and they happen to be in a band. So there's a lot of really cool band shirts out right now, man. It's like a, yeah. enough where yeah. I have to pick and choose which ones to buy. Cause like you with records, I think, I, <laughs> I think I'd be broke if I bought every band t-shirt that I want. You know what I mean? No, I hear you. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it, it's, it's a crazy thing. And also the thing about like, you know, merchandise as well. Like, yeah, depending on the artist, like, you know, a lot of people, you know, they buy the shirt, they wear it and that's great. That's what the shirt is. That's what you're supposed to do. But I know a few people that like, you know, they'll go to the concerts that they like and they'll buy the shirt. But like some of these shirts over the years end up being like so much money. They they can flip them for like, or posters. I've seen posters that are like movie posters from, you know, in the nineties and earlier that are just worth like hundreds and hundreds of dollars, yeah. you know, sometimes thousands of dollars, depending on what it is. It's just crazy. It's a great, crazy industry. Uh, merchandise is, you know, right. Right. Now, what about, um, what about your book? I know at one time you were talking about releasing a book of your, of your work. Are, is that still yeah. in the works? Are you still thinking about doing that? Cause I'd love to see that personally. Yes. The book. Um, I do plan on releasing that. Uh, I've been plugging away at it for the last little while. It probably won't come out, I'm hoping, uh, early next year. And the reason why I'm waiting that long is because uh, I want it to be a collection of almost like a like my favorite pieces, almost like a best of, yeah. of the last four years. Right. And... Um, in order for it to make it, in order to make it a, a full four years, I got to wait till the end of this year. Yeah. So, and I'm still making artwork, you know, all the way to the end of this year. So, I'm 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 still adding pieces and stuff and, nice. and figuring out. So, I put a lot of time into it, but I still need to put uh, way way more time into it. Mm-hmm. I've never made a book before. Mm-hmm. Um, so even one that's you know I can I can't even imagine writing a book, oh. and but. Even one that's like full of pictures is still a fucking a lot of oh, work. Oh you know? yeah, so, I believe it. Like you're going to be curating, like you said, like your best stuff. You know what I mean? You're yeah, you're trying which to decide gone, and pouring over yeah. which should go in there and which shouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, which I'm all cut up. I've gone through everything from the beginning of 2018 up till now, mm. and I'm all caught up on the images that I want to use or the mm. work that I want to use. But it's just a lot of stuff. You know the. You, 
just figuring out the logistics of it. You know, what kind of book am I going to get? What mm-hmm. kind of cover? Is it going to be hardcover? Is it going to be softcover? You know, what kind of paper, the weight mm-hmm. of the paper, the glossiness of the paper, and then then actually doing the templates and, you know, putting page numbers and I got to have, have an index and I had to have, you know, I got to get an introduction and it's got to have some kind of flow to it or some kind of pattern to yeah. it. So it makes yeah. sense. You know what I mean? So there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to it, but the book, I do plan on releasing that. That's definitely one of the things that is like on top of my list of things that I definitely want to get done. Yeah. So it probably won't be, till early early next year is what i'm hoping well i'm glad to hear that it's in the works man is satellite motel that piece is that going to be in there yeah i think it is in there i like that one and and it's funny because that's got a sort of a i mean correct me if i'm wrong but is that sort of a hometown connection to to our old satellite motel that no longer exists out on hesper road it is a (laughs) uh i was talking earlier about how i i like to pinch names from other things or just you know, because I hate spending too much time trying to um, trying to figure out what to call things. So right. that's that's kind of just what happened uh, with that one. Was uh, it was a hometown reference? Only people from Cambridge and only people that live yeah. at a certain point in Cambridge <laughs> will know yeah. what the satellite motel is, yeah. uh, and will remember that giant silver and red rocket yeah. that was yeah. outside of it um what a lot of people don't know people that know about the satellite from cambridge who know about the satellite motel what people might not know is that rocket is still in cambridge yeah somebody's got it i forget who somebody, it is but I, I know that somebody has that somebody has it and i see it all the time because i live kind of close to the neighborhood okay yeah but uh, uh, Ace Ace Automotive has that oh, okay. in, front of, in front of their. Remind me where that is of, again, because I know I've seen it since. Trying to figure out what the street is, but it's the same street that um, Video Hut is on. Oh yes, yes, yes. But I not, know, not yeah. but not but not Elgin and no not no no no. Beverly. It's, it's like. But it's like a side street. Yeah, I know exactly where you're talking about, and I can't remember the so, name of it off the top of my head the either. Place, the place is pretty much across from Video Hut. Samuelson or something, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. That back actually kind of sounds right. Um, but that's where it is. It's Ace Automotive, and they, for, for whatever reason, they have a rocket. <laughs> I mean, if it was like Rocket Tires or Rocket yeah. Automotive, I'm like, okay, get <laughs> yeah. the rocket. But their, their slogan and their you know, their graphic design for their actual sign <laughs> yeah. has nothing to do with rockets or space yeah, or anything. Right, right. So I'm assuming they either really wanted it or maybe somebody worked on it. Maybe there's like a personal con- yeah. connection where they actually built it or something like that, or their, their dad built it yeah. or whatever. Right. But they've also, they put flames now on the side of the below, below it. So oh, it okay. looks like it's shooting up because right, it right. was just like, it was just on like a red kind of yeah, pole. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah. now there's on that red pillar or pole, whatever you want to call it, there's now flames, which makes even uh, less sense though, because why, what, yeah. what is the, the launching of the rocket have anything to do with with automotive stuff at all? Well, it's like, <laughs> you know, exactly. Where are you going? I yeah. mean, you, you moved from Hespler to Samuelson. <laughs> you know, you're a fucking rocket. Yeah. You can go farther than that. Yeah. You know, it's like, 
it's just so bizarre seeing that because you obviously grew you born in cambridge grew up in cambridge yeah. you see that your whole life is the satellite motel this big ass rocket on hesper road and now i see it almost every single day yeah. in my yeah. close to my neighborhood you know and it's it's just it puts a smile on my face so yeah, the to answer your question, that satellite motel is definitely a yeah. hometown reference to uh to to an actual motel that used to exist, yeah. no longer does. Did you ever torn down? Did you ever party at that motel? Never partied no? at that motel. No. Um there were a couple of prom after prom parties that took place in the satellite <laughs> in satellite motel hotel rooms. And I okay. think I was only there once when my buddies brother got kicked out of his house and that's that's where he landed for a night or two is at the satellite motel that's amazing um no we didn't party there we did party at some holiday inns on holiday Inn drive right it's actually where we used to go okay and we'd rent a place and then every you know cram 100 people in there and and get hammered and oh yeah you know get kicked out obviously um so happy times, happy times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I partied at the satellite motel. I never, I never got a chance, but oh, uh, man. It I kind of, I, I do, I do remember that place only because my cousin growing up uh, and my aunt and uncle, they lived right behind that place on Secura. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And their backyard was yep. almost like side by side with the satellite motel. Yep, so yeah. Yeah. There, I, I, you know, growing up, I'd, I'd like see it all the time. So, of course, yeah. And, and I kind of hung around there and stuff. So, my first house was always, around the corner from there, too. I, I used to see it every day on my way, yeah. way to work. I used to drive right past it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but be, um, be glad you didn't party there because it was, it was scuzzy. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, it's a motel. There's a rock, there's a rock yeah. in front of it. I mean, it's, it's your stereotypical motel and yeah. it's a weird, it's kind of a weird location for the hotel. I know it dates back to, you know, really before Hespel road yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of developed the way it was. Yeah. And it was still somewhat close to the highway, but you know, once, w- once everything changed and they yeah. started building, you know, all the hotels that are actually right beside the 401. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, it, you know, what's funny. I totally forgot about this. Um, uh, we I spoke when when we did the show last time. I told you that uh, I worked at a paint store, and that's how I got all my spray paint. Yeah, I knew the I know the owner of the Satellite Motel. Oh wow. He would come. He would come in on a regular basis to buy <laughs> paint for oh, wow. for for the motel, right? Because right. you got to paint motels all the time, apparently. Yeah. You know, uh, but that guy was the biggest dick I've ever met in my life. So I was happy when that bastard got torn down. It was so out of place. It was so out of place for where it was. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, they built the new hotels closer to the highway and there's this weird motel with all these residential areas around it. You know what I mean? It was just, yeah, it's beside a dealership. It's it's across from the YMCA and it's like, you know, there's a senior's home now across from it. And it's just like, there's a police station, a bunch of residential (laughs) stuff. And it's just a weird, weird spot. It kind of reminds me of like the Bates motel or something. It's just like felt that way. The old highway, yeah, no longer is being used, but he he's still operating it. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, it felt like that d- when sure. I was in there. It was very like dingy, yeah. dark. Everything was red, like like the 
the bedspreads were red. The carpet was red. The the uh, lampshade right. was red. Everything was fucking like this deep shade of red. And I'm going, this feels like something out of a horror movie. You know what you I mean? Know, Stanley Kubrick film. hundred percent. hundred percent. It was real weird. If those walls could talk. Um. All right, man. I think that's it. We're at two hours. I think that might be a good place to cut it off. Do you want to tell everyone what your Instagram is or where they can find your work on Facebook and things like that? Yeah. So if anybody's interested in, interested in actually seeing what we've been talking about, um, my website is www.digoutthesky.com. And it's pretty much Dig Out the Sky for everything. So the Etsy shop is Dig Out the Sky. Type in that in your search and you'll be able to find it. Instagram, Facebook, Google, just type in Dig Out the Sky. I think I'm actually the only one on the planet with that name. Nice. So there it is. Awesome. Awesome, man. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, just take care. Hopefully things go back to normal. And uh, thank you very much for having me over for a second time. Oh. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And it's awesome because I think we've been actually kind of almost going longer than two hours. And it, it never yep. felt that way. I remember the first time we did yep. it. It flew by and it was just like, wow, this was easy. <laughs> most so. guests, man, most guests, if I hit it off with people, which I, I think I've been fortunate to do with, with you know, there's been yeah. 20, this is episode number 21. So it, uh, I've been really fortunate that I've hit it off with everyone and that we've had an easy talk. And like, you know, there've been lots of times where I've had to cut it off. Cause again, like you and I could probably talk more about like hometown stuff, artwork, whatever for another two hours, if we really wanted to, but who the hell yeah, wants us in the four absolutely. hours of, <laughs> of us bullshitting? It's a long, it's a, that's long. That's, that's long. It has to be like a part one, part two, yeah. but, uh, yeah, man. No, it's always a pleasure. Let's do it and, again, man. Uh, if, uh, I, if, you absolutely. Know, I'd love to have you back for part three. You know, it, we, we, we obviously get along very well. We don't see each other nearly as much as I would like, but, um, yeah. it'd be nice if we could, we could at least, talk some more so let's let's definitely do it again in the near future i um, I, I i agree i agree yeah um actually one question for yes. you though which has has nothing to do really with this podcast sure. but i are you have you been watching the euro cup stuff no. are you a soccer fan no. no okay so i haven't been for a long time and, and it's funny because i just did some um some diversity training at work and so they had yeah. this exercise where you had to be like uh uh what was it i i am and I do not. So like, so like something that somebody might assume about you, right? So mine was, I am Portuguese, but I am not watching. And I said the World Cup. That's how out of touch I am with what soccer, what's happening with soccer no, right now. No shit. Yeah, yeah. And so people were like, well, yeah, it's the Euro Cup. So you just kind of proved it. And I was like, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I but I was huge into it for many years. You know what I mean? Because like I, I for, yeah, for some reason, I always figured you were a football fan. Yeah, like I was. I, was. I, I don't know why. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, cause, cause I was, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I have a Portuguese background. I grew up, uh, you know, not playing soccer in, in any kind of competitive way, but, sure. uh, you know, just with friends and family and stuff. And we yeah, watched, you grow up playing, you grow up playing. Yeah. yeah. Grandparent, you know, my, my grandfather is huge into soccer and my dad, sure. he and my dad watch so many games all the time, not just for Euro cup and world cup stuff, but just in general, you know what I mean? Like all those UEFA sort of games and and all that kind of stuff, they're, they're into that. And, um, and they watch a lot on the, you know, those like internet boxes now. I don't know anything about those, but like a Roku yeah. kind of box kind of thing. They've got it, uh, they've got like a cracked version that gets like every game, you know? So they're yeah. big into it. And I, and I was, I mean, I, I used to really like World Cup, Euro Cup fever. You know, I would catch that every time. Sure. But now, like in the last few, it's just, it's like whatever. The older I get, the more I just get into music and more things like that. And I've kind of, yeah. sports have just fallen by the wayside. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, I'm kind of on the same boat with you just because uh, I just started watching the tournament on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Late. Uh, w- yeah. One, because I don't have cable. Like, oh. uh, like my partner and I, we don't yeah. have like any satellite or yeah. any cable or anything because we don't watch TV. So, right. and over the years, yeah, I mean, I used to be huge into football and soccer and like, you know, just in the last few years, I've been coming become less interesting for whatever reason <laughs> but i watched i watched the games on saturday with a, with a friend because he wanted to watch it yeah and and then i forgot oh fuck i have one of these android boxes yeah i've never you know it's hooked up but i i kind of forgot it was hooked up and then i have it right right and it's got all these like illegal streaming channels yeah. on it right yeah. so yeah. i just found tsn or sky sports whatever it right. was and and fuck, man, I was just like, I, I, I kind of missed this, actually. And just like, I'm glad I watched the games I did today because I, I was just like, I really miss it. I will admit, when I see the highlights after the fact, I'm like, man. And the thing with, with soccer or football, you know, like European football, is it can be exciting. It has potential to be exciting. But it yeah. oftentimes is not. A lot of the game is a lot of passing and running and chasing. You know what I mean? And when they boil it down to like 30 seconds of highlights, it looks like a lot of fun, but you know... But it's boring. It's boring for the most part. And and that's what kills me. Or like a lot of those missed shots used to kill me. You know, the guy'd kick it and you'd be like, oh, and it'd miss the net completely. And you're like, oh, come on, that's your whole job, man. You got to hit the net. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of things about about the sport that put people off. But you know, I think the biggest uh, thing is with these big tournaments like Euro cup and world cup, you're not really seeing the best soccer in a way. Cause with clubs, you buy your players, you know Mm. what I mean? And you build, like you really build your team. So when Mm. Barcelona plays Madrid, it's like a huge fuck. It's bigger than like the world Mm -hmm. cup Mm -hmm. soccer fans. You know what I mean? Those can be exciting rivalries, right? But these tournaments, especially once you get started getting closer to the end, the teams play it way too safe. They're not taking yeah. any chances. They're not yeah. taking any risks. Their mentality is as long as we hold the ball, the other team can't win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, and sometimes, especially in North America where, you know, people that don't watch soccer, that's what they, that's, that's the only thing they see and it sucks. Yep. So it's yep. like, it's exactly. hard to really like, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I, I felt that was the same way with the Manny, uh, Manny Pacquiao and Mayweather fight. Yeah. And it's just like, you're going to watch a boring fight. Yeah, so if you 100%. never watch boxing and you think this is what it is, this is a huge mistake. 100%. You know what I mean? This is not a good representation. Or those but fucking anyway. like YouTube, like Logan Paul fights too. Like who the fuck wants oh, to watch that? Oh my God. And those guys are dude. making millions and millions, hundreds of millions. I can't believe it. I can't, you know, uh, I, I, I sound like an old man thinking, saying this and I've said it in my mind and I've said it to a few people and I, I feel like I'm like, wow, fuck, I'm getting old. <laughs> but I'm like, I th- I feel like guys like these are not good role models for no. children. No, they're not. I think it's terrible. They I are. honestly think it's terrible. And I'm not saying like Mayweather's a good role model, but at least Mayweather fucking put in the work That's and right. the time. And yeah. he's one of the greatest of, you 100%. know, will go down as one of the greatest yes. of all time. Yes. So, you know, but I'm like these Paul brothers and I bless them for, you know, being uh, passionate about the sport and actually spending money on trainers and all this blah, blah, blah. But like, it's just the attitude that fucking the attitude, hundred percent. You you've done nothing to achieve it. Right. It, it, it required nothing except, yeah. you know, your followers on Instagram. Yep. But like, you know, you didn't put in the time, the effort, 
and you're knocking out people yeah. who can't fight and right. then are like you're acting like Michael Jordan right. did when he won his first championship. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's exactly. just like you're like crying and stuff and it's yeah. like this is fake. This is this is all for cash. Agreed. And, and Agreed. everybody loses except yep. the people that are actually engaging in these yeah. celebrity versus amateur yep. athlete fights. And it's just like the quality <clears throat> sucks. You know? Yeah, it's it's, it's all terrible. a mockery, man. They're making it they've made a mockery of the sport. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, it's a, they're novelty fights. They're not real fights. You know what I mean? Like they're entertainment. That's it. They're, it's like going to Vegas and seeing a show. It's 100%. like seeing Carrot Top. You're seeing Carrot Top when you when you watch <laughs> these fights. You know what I mean? And nothing against Carrot Top, but you know it's not. Yeah. He, it, you know he's not Chappelle. He's that's not right. George Carlin. He's not Robin Williams. He's Carrot Top. Yeah. So that's what you're watching is Carrot Top. Yeah, for sure. It's fine. It's fine for entertainment, but I've got like younger. You know, I've got cousins who they've got kids and stuff, yeah. right? And these guys are just like, oh, yeah, Logan Paul, Jake Paul, all this. And they actually believe it all. And I'm just like, this is fucking. I can't. This is WWE. Yeah. This is WWE wrestling. With, yeah. You know, the macho man. Oh, yeah. And all that <laughs> stuff. You know, I can't stomach it, man. It drives me crazy. Neither, neither can I. Neither can I. And I didn't watch the, the, the Mayweather one because I yeah. knew it was going to be ridiculous. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, it, and apparently it was. It was the biggest waste of money. Yeah, I don't watch most, any of it. I didn't even yeah, watch one, no. not one, a one second clip. You know, I have no desire at all. No, yeah. No. no. Well, the high, uh, the highlights are. Watch the highlights, and you'll be like, "Wow, those are the highlights." <laughs> the, that like these are the worst highlights I've ever seen. It was in my that life. kind of fight, eh? And the the highlights were, I think it's like a fifteen second reel. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, it's it's nothing. <laughs> Well, on that note, man, I think we're we're good to go. Don't go anywhere just yet. Uh, I always do a little wrap up and then uh, talk to the guests for a little bit afterwards and say a proper goodbye to you. So uh, that's it, everybody. We're listening to uh, you're listening to episode twenty one of the I Got Ass podcast uh, with my fabulous guest Alex Hernandez. Alex, thank you so much again for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Um, you guys know what to do. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where to find the podcast because you're listening to it, so you know exactly where to get it. But what I'd like you to do, if you could please. Uh, subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, rate me if you can. Review the show. Uh, drop me uh, feedback of any kind at igapodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, of course, I'd love if you uh, would like the Facebook page and follow me on uh, on Instagram. Um, the show's easy to find uh, if you don't already. Uh, it's uh, just search for at I gotta ask podcast and it will come up. It is the only one on there uh, on those platforms. And uh, what's the other thing I wanted to say to you? Nothing. I guess that's it. Thank you, everybody, for your continued support. Appreciate you listening. Um, Tell your friends. And uh, we'll see you on the next one.